Hey, I didn't see y'all walk in. Welcome. I'm Jamal from the Dub Talk Podcast. I'm here with my dog Onyx, and we want to wish y'all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And I know why you tuned into this episode, but before we do that, we got some legal stuff to remind you that the Dub Talk Podcast may contain language and content that is not suitable for younger audiences. So, listener discretion is advised. We'd also like to remind you that there will be spoilers for Kimono Friends, as well as any other anime that may occur. So, be very careful if there's a series you haven't listened to yet. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individual participants in tonight's episode, and does not reflect the podcast as a whole. But, most importantly, we'd also like to remind you that animals are people too, and they should be treated and cared as such. So don't loot them or ship them, that's just wrong. I mean, I can see why some people in my circle of friends think of this as gay amusement park time. I mean, I've seen the way Raccoon be looking at FedEx. She's one foxy lady. But, you know, that's enough of that. Just have fun and enjoy the show. And why is there a silver cat sleeping under my tree? I better give, give it some yow mix or something. Why the Christmas lights start to go brighter? Well, I guess as my dad would say, it's time to cut the bus and went. I better get up out of here. Wait, those aren't Christmas lights. Those are animal eyes. What the? Welcome to the Dub Talk Podcast, where we're sure to have a fun discussion about dubs tonight. Covering the latest and greatest in anime, no dub is out of our sight. I'm Jamal the Navy Hedgehog, and with me are my fellow friends, Megan the Stallion. Hey, it's me, Goku! Steph the Bogey Cat. Those are some thick ass trees. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew the Prairie Dog. Amber, why? I thought we were friends. <laughs> Kawaii. There's <laughs> a big chungus. <laughs> I see, but your butt sniff is okay for the night. <gasps> Also, I would like it to be known that if I was any animal in the world, I would be a palace cat friend. Can I'm just I, putting that on the record. Can I just say, because we were just talking about this before we started the episode. Jamal, you teased Andrew by, by, by not being a prairie dog. Thank you for making him the prairie dog all of a sudden. Dig a hole, dig a hole. Well, I gave you the option. You said whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. It's just because he digs his own holes. That's why. I I make things worse than they need to. <laughs> you just don't think before you speak. My so. waifu! <laughs> so, there seem to be a lot of references in tonight's discussion. Some yes, because tonight... Yes, because tonight is a special episode. Yay. It's our seasonal Patreon request episode. More on that later. Yes, at the request of one Marissa Lenti... We will be covered the dub of the popular 2017 anime, Kimono Friends. Yay, Marissa! <laughs> Yay! Yes. This was... Animated by... 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this was one of those titles that eluded me for a while. Same. I was very confused about why people liked it. Same. But I had one friend who really, really, really liked it, and he was basically kind of the reason I blind bought this show. <laughs> I blind bought this show because Marissa Lenti is nice people. Also, B, because that's a big chungus. Also, that's a, that is a very big chungus. <laughs> I, I, I blind bought this because it's animated by Studio Yayu Rozu and dubbed by our good friends at Sound Cadence Studios. Yeah, yeah Sound Cadence. Yeah. They do Hello? good stuff. No? Oh, hey, Hardy. <laughs> oh, God, no, I get that no, joke. No, not that Yayu Rozu. I'm, I'm oh, God oh, damn it. You're doing a bit. Okay. <laughs> No, My no, bad, I, I didn't. If you wanted to treat you some wings later. <laughs> no, cool? you know, there's there's two reasons why I'm here. One is because Andrew bought a copy of Kimono Friends and we watched it together. That's how I watched it. The second reason will come up later. We'll come up a little later for reasons. Very much Whoa. later. <laughs> yes, and if you're not familiar with Kimono Friends, I don't blame you. Here's a synopsis for you. Please don't eat me. A girl wakes up in a savannah without memories, and before she knows it, she's attacked by a viciously playful circle. Unlike the girl with the furry ears and tail, Kaban, so named for her backpack, doesn't know what kind of animal she is, but that's okay. All they need to do is get to the library to find out. Along the way, they, the two will meet many other friends just like Serval. But not everything is so friendly. You can join the adventure this complete first season set containing all 12 episodes of the sleeper hit. I didn't need to read that last sentence. <laughs> did you just okay. read like, the back <laughs> of the DVD set? Yes. Yes, I did. Hey, it gets the job done. It gets the job I'm done. not going to lie, but like before we actually get into the discussion like of the dub of the show, okay, look, Komodo Friends as a series shouldn't have gotten the popularity that it did. It if really you know should any- if you know anything about the history of the production of the show, it was made to promote a mobile game that went defunct, I think, literally days before it started yes. to air. I was going to say yes, it, actually. It I'm glad you it, brought that up. It literally went defunct. And basically what happened was Kadokawa told this one, I think the guy who directed it, whose name's escaping me, he, they're just like, well, Tanashi. nobody's going to fucking play, play this game now. Do whatever you want. No, and it was, then they, it, do, it, it was, was basically like, do whatever you want. And then they made this, like, surprisingly, like, charming, slightly deep show to which Katakawa, was it, was it Katakawa or Kodansha? It was Katakawa. To which Katakawa, everyone's other favorite money-grubbing pieces of shit from Japan besides Toei, were literally like, wait, this is profitable? We're we gonna control this. it. We made this. Exactly. And like the ball, it's it's literally that meme of like the ball. It's like I made this, gives it to somebody else. We made this, and they basically ran the entire creative team off of Kimoto Friends Two, and basically Kimoto yeah. Friends Two is greatly hated by most of the fans of Kimoto Friends One. It's the entire saga of the Kimono Friends anime is genuinely fascinating and compelling. Like it is one of the weirdest things that has ever happened. But the show itself, at least as far as the first season is concerned, if has you ever seen? Have you guys ever seen Adventure Time? No. I feel the tone of Kimono Friends is comparable to that of Adventure Time in that it is a world. That is full of like crazy fantasy animals and stuff. It's a wild 
wild kingdom there's a lone human with their yellow animal friend and it's the post-apocalypse where uh humanity is basically dead also it's kind of gay also it's kind of gay oh my god <laughs> there it is not look, wrong look the very first shot of the show is uh kaban uh being being toppled by Serval, and they are both panting very heavily. That Get is like your head out of the gutter, Mr. Prairie Dog. <laughs> Stop it, Prairie Dog. Bad Prairie Dog. Back to your hole, you horny little beast. <laughs> oh, God. Your hole and your hole only. It's We're going to have a fun time just shaming the crap out of you tonight, babe. Uh, this is, this is going to be a wild one, but I'm very excited to talk about this show. This is very interesting. Jamal, take the reins. <laughs> yeah. Jamal, take I'm sorry. the wheel. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I can't drive this safari bus on my own. I'm not going to lie. You almost set me up for a horse joke, but I did not want to take it. Take the anyway. shot, Jamal. Pull the trigger, piglet. Watch it. <laughs> anyway, since this is a show with a lot of... Ensemble oh cast, no predictions. God, no. And, You're but, gonna make me but, suffer it, today. <laughs> don't worry, I'll make you suffer less. Don't oh worry, God. I'll make Andrew suffer more though. Yay! Also, also, <laughs> he's right here with me today too, so this will be interesting. Yes, in regards to Stephanie moving closer to me, we can now actually have a scenario where we do something like this every now and then. Hi. Hey. Alright, you left, but calm down. <laughs> anyway, as I said, there will be no predictions, so given my familiarity with sound cadence, it would be next to impossible. <laughs> Thanks, Marissa. <laughs> we love you. We love you. As, yes, and as always, we start with our ADR directors and scriptwriters. In addition, there are also ADR music directors, but specifically for episode 8. Because penguins. As the Triple yes. T preview. Penguins. Yes. And since we brought up Marissa Letty, she's our director and scriptwriter for this one. Yeah! Who's also co-directed with Howard Wang. Our music directors are Don Bennett and Giovanni Cruz. Marissa Letty is the director has directed such shows as BDEX and BDEX Neo. This boy is a professional wizard. This boy suffers from crystallization. As a scriptwriter, she is also written for Bloom Into You, the upcoming Sea Hunter, Shinjuku Private Eyes, rewriter Derrida, Who Leaps Through Time, and Tada Never Falls In Love. Howard Wang has only assisted our two other shows, uh, We Are Rainbow Gate, Wink Wink Nudge Nudge Marissa, <laughs> and The My Romai. Don Bennett has directed music in such other shows as Pop Team Epic, I'm pretty sure that was for the entire series, but they listed episode 2 for some reason. Sarazanmai and Zombieland Saga. Yes, they dubbed the songs. Quit asking. Yep. Giovanni Cruz, the only other music role well, I could find is she's the singing voice of Sherry Blendy in Fairy Tale The Final Season. Really? Okay. Oh, okay. oh cool. Yes. Because Funimation so, never dubs anything for a simul dub that involves singing. No. Let's not start. Let's Kassar not start this tonight, please. Yeah, because Saren Zomni doesn't exist. No. Nah, that that's a talk for another time. <laughs> but so I think we need no pun intended. We need to decide a pecking order for this. Oh, God so. damn it. 
God damn it. That's even worse than the rock puns that Andrew fucking spat out during Dr. Stone. God. No, just keep making animal puns. Let's horse around. Damn it. I'm bad at this, so... You're making I me I think we should... Po- Alright, let's go... Since we're going nuts, let's start no, with Andrew. No, you're not going Andrew. nuts, you're going hogwild. Damn it, ah. Andrew! Are you saying she's higher than hog? 30 to 50? Feral hogs? Not, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> How you doing, okay. buddy? Coming with into my podcast in the next three to five minutes, preferably having eaten a bunch of cocaine? and this is how we start the show we are sorry thank you man i love this great netflix reboot of kimono friends okay of course i'm going last let's go in alphabetical order guess what bud you're first cool okay so this is a fascinating passion project of a series where like, even if I didn't know all of the details or the behind-the-scenes stuff, there is a level of care, passion, and effort that I can clearly feel with just how many people are brought into this project, how many things were in the works behind the scene, just the amount of effort and love that was going into some of this. Some of the things these characters say in general are just super hilarious, and it sounds like there's a nice mix of, like, trying to be uh true to the source material but also having a lot of fun localizing it very well and also just doing some very good quirky things with the adaptative script there's just some very fun things that these characters say in general either through their delivery or just like the amount of times they just say really funny things anyways i'm pretty sure about the amount of times that serval just says all these really off-handed quips from the side when some character's reacting and Serval's just like, no, or like, but I did though. Just this very cute whiny voice to her. It's just so sweet. There's like 50 plus characters in this ensemble cast and everybody is played by a different, different actor for the most part. But this feels like they got everybody all over. They put out an E, uh, what do you call it? EPA bulletin? They put out... They basically went through all of America and like, hey, you want to be a friend? Get in. You look cool. Get in. Get in the Japari Park bus. Let's go. Get in the bus, bitches. We've got animated dub. Basically. (laughs) You cannot convince me that's not the method that was chosen, but no. Marissa Howard, they did a fantastic job with the production of this, the casting of this. Every character feels like they're full of life. You've got some talented veterans. You've got some brand new, fresh faces. You've got everything in between, and they are really giving 110%, and it just feels like they're having a lot of fun working on this project. And I'm having a lot of fun watching this show, and I was very entertained. Also, just because Dawn directed the music of this, yes, the Penguin song is very, very catchy, and there's a lot of very good P words there. Yeah, when we get into episode 8, I'll explain why. So. Alright, Megan? Oh, I guess, uh, I wait. Oh, fuck, M does come after, eh? <laughs> What'd you think? I thought... Jamal I wants thought to And- go last, first of all. I thought Andrew, was, Steph was gonna come after Andrew. <laughs> oh, Are you God. Fu- fuck? Fuck! <laughs> oh. Megan! <laughs> oh, my God. 
I legitimately thought she was gonna go after him because I part of my dumb lizard brain was like, S comes after A. You're 28, Megan. You should know the alphabet. <laughs> Anyways, if you want more episodes like this, please support us on Patreon. God damn it. <laughs> Please don't take, please don't think I'm a dumbass, Marissa. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, Kimono Friends, like, originally when it came out was not a show that I would ever think would appeal to me, says the girl who is into every fucking mobbage anime. Like, literally show made for Megan, because Megan, like, when I was little, okay, so when I was younger... My bedroom was, like, all, like, big cat safari themed up until I went to college. (laughs) And I think it stayed that way until I graduated college, which, for the record, was at age 24. Megan, before you continue this conversation, I have a very serious question for you. Yes. Do you own any zoo books? (gasps) Oh, my God. I did have a zoo book subscription when I was a kid. (laughs) I remembered zoo books in the library when I was in school, and I loved the hell out of them. I'm Same. sorry. That's a that's a joke that goes way back in the dub talk lore, and I fucking hate you right now. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> Monster oh Musume episode, if you're wondering. Um, yep. Oh, oh ha- have I fun looking that. for it. Have fun looking for that one. Um. So yeah, like you would think that I would I would have immediately watched the show in Japanese when it came out, and I never did. I actually did not watch it until it got a dub, because I was like, eh, whatever. I'll just watch Komodo Friends whenever it gets dubbed. And I was like, oh wait, this is on Crunchyroll. That's never going to fucking happen. Um, if it wasn't done, which I think this was airing during the partnership with Funimation, so I was very surprised this didn't get picked up for a subtle dub. I think then technically again, this is a discotheque. License. Yeah, this is a discotech license. I'm saying that I was surprised discotech got to pick it up in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said, I absolutely love the dub. I think it's it's charming. It's funny. It's it reminds me of why I really enjoy the dubs for shows like Token Rambu Hanamaru and uh, Ensemble Stars, in which a lot of people would probably actively don't really like them. Like if you just gave this to like. A, su- a, a sub only person just like hey we're gonna dub this like really iconic show and we're gonna do all these things and they're, they're probably gonna like tur- snub their nose up and be like several doesn't say sugoi like in the Japanese <laughs> it's like first of all one a meowsing is an amazing pun and I love it so thank oh, you it's Howard. so good it's thank you Marissa yes. and Howard um but like there's a lot of performance in there done by actresses I have never heard of or I am very super unfamiliar with. And I love a lot of them. And that's, again, some of my ba- very favorite parts of dubs like Token Rambu Hanamaru and Ensemble Stars is that it takes actors that I don't really know and lets me get familiar with them through a very episodic one-off mentionings of these characters. And I think the writing is great. The, the, wor- the use of puns in this show are top-notch. They are utterly amazing. God Yes! <laughs> oh, um, God. They are not sheepish about using these puns at all. <laughs> um, this is my life tonight, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> they didn't pussyfoot around. Yeah, true. <laughs> I guess you could say it was a hoo Oh, yeah, this stuff is an absolute hoot. 
God damn it! I can't tell if that's an owl or a parrot or some kind of other bird. I don't know. I it's a burb. I know he's going for owl, oh, babe. I'm not stupid. Also, I really do want to compliment Don and Giovanni's work on the singing. Um, I am usually a person who's super apprehensive about songs and dubs, if you can believe it or not. I am someone who is usually very attached to the Japanese versions of songs. Because uh, I listen to mostly J-Rock and J-Pop, but I think the dub songs were done very well here. I thought they got a... Uh, a great, a great thing. And remember, uh, it's Princess's fault that this video gets demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> For those confused, uh, Kimoto Friends has a uh, outtake reel, and we will reference that is it fucking ad amazing. It is amazing. What's going on in this? Ep- what's going on in this thread? You got it, fam. Him. Uh, Do not question uh, me. I've got this, fam. Uh, <laughs> I fucking another love Lucky one. Beast. And while technically, Lucky Be- FYI, Lucky Beast is Megan's favorite character. Um, <laughs> and while yes, the outtakes are not part of the dub, it is still very fun to talk about. Uh, yes. they are. They are. They are. They are worth the. They are worth the price of buying the DVD just alone. I'm just gonna say, the dub is also really fucking great, and you should get it anyway because the dub isn't streaming anywhere yet. Disco Tech, please. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this is a, a really great dub and I'm very happy I watched it. Also, I want to give a special shout out to something that Marissa did. Okay. And that is, if you've ever watched Kim of Friends, every episode has an animal fact. Yep. Yes, that. And yeah. the fact that Marissa got actual animal research teams from across the United States, uh, especially the care team in Texas... Uh, who does a lot, and you can follow, I follow their, I follow, uh, Derek Kahn, their big guy on Twitter with all the tigers and stuff. Yes, I love but, uh, Big Cat Derek. Big Cat Derek. But I also want to give a special shout out to the fact that Marissa got somebody from the Big Cat Rescue, which I drive past every day to go to work. That's really nice. cool. And I've actually that. been there before, and it is really cool. Also, shout out to Chris Guerrero and Alejandro Salvo who got to take part in that, too. And the Gaji oh, Goomba! Yeah. Really, guy Jin and Jim for what? Yeah, he's uh, the guy. Who, what? He, yeah, he's who do you think did the Suchi Neko facts? <gasps> I didn't realize. Ah. Right. Holy shit! I didn't actually know his real name, so I didn't recognize. Okay. <sighs> yeah. That's, also, that's shout out to Jim Farada, his brother and sister, so. who are actual fucking animal researchers. Hell yeah. That no, that just the little extra care. A touch like that is so small, but you can. FYI, tell. I asked on Twitter if I could read facts for season two, and I was told that we can't because Mirai reads them all. Aww. And part of me died inside. Damn. That's sad. I was but- like, I want to read a fact. I was in the FFA. Please. Anyway, go ahead, Steph, because S comes after M. Oh my god, she learned first grade letters. Oh my god. However, if you're into certain things, S becomes... Stop. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Um, yeah. So, I didn't really see the appeal of Kimono Friends at all. This is, this, mind you, this is before watching this show. Like, I heard it was popular and everything. I'm like, I don't understand why it is. And then... Because certain reasons we'll get to much later on, probably specifically when we talk about Kaban. Um, For certain reasons, Andrew picked it up, and then I was like, you know what? If you need another person on that episode, let me have a crack at it. And then we started watching it together. And I'm like, 
oh my god, this is so charming and adorable, and it's just, oh crap. <laughs> oh no, I like it. Oh no, I like it. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand this thing and why people like it, but I think that's I think that's a real big testament to the directing and writing of the show because they kept that sincerity and that that charm and that fun charisma that, that goes with this show because oh my god this is Megan like Megan was kind of saying this is a token Rambu ensemble star scenario where you have to bring in the cavalcade of voice actresses and sometimes actors <laughs> but um like, there's this big cavalcade of voice actresses and one voice actor that we'll probably get to. But, um, it's very, very interesting. And, like Megan was talking about, a lot of attention to detail and care was put into this this show. We were, just before we were recording this, we were watching the, um, we were watching, just to pass some time, we were watching the, um, episode 12 commentary. And... Marissa mentioned, like, she had read the manga, she had read, she had watched the first season of Japanese, she wanted to play the mobile game, but she couldn't, because... It was defunct. Because it was defunct. But, um, so a lot of care and attention to detail was put into this show and into this dub, and I really, really appreciate it so much. And yeah, the cat puns are amusing, Very much so. You gotta be kidding me. You. Meow. I'm gonna punch meow. you. Meow. 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 Nani? And meows? Nani? Sorry. Thank you, Sushi Deco's actor, for that one. This is Sorry, our life. Right anyway, bottom line, there was so much thought and attention to detail put into this dub, and obviously, the biggest credit has to go to Marissa and Howard on the directing and writing front for this because, oh my god, this is so enjoyable with the amount of voice actors that they brought into this from all all across the country and all of the time and care that was spent into it. it like, it was totally worth the watch and sitting here watching it with Andrew the entire time because that's how we ended up, that's how we were only able to watch the deep, watch it was together because he had the set and he wouldn't go on without me there, thank God. <laughs> so. You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and, oh my God, we're going to be running into more puns, aren't we? Oh, God, it's going to be a long night. The night is young. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamal. Okay, so pretty much like everybody else here, I did. I wasn't really invested at first, but then when I saw the side case and I was still with W, I was like, wait, what now? So I decided to give it a chance because, you know, because at this point, I'm kind of the side case guy. I've been watching a lot of their stuff from like. Some of the early days, it kind of got me interested, so I decided to check it out. I knew it was a big thing back in the day. Hell, even Marissa called its popularity, like, from the moment it first aired. Like, when she started this, she's, she described it as, like, a road trip kind of show with sh animal shenanigans. Like, she was very invested in this. 
she what the way she kind of portrayed it, she said herself in an interview uh, that she matched the script to the to the lip flaps, not necessarily to the Japanese timing, because obviously she wanted to make it flow very well. But also, if you kind of if you kind of pay attention to the conversations, you kind of know it's something, but like. About a half second off, like it was, ki- it was kind of difficult to work about the animation because there's animation. Well, no more animation. The animation is this show was animated. It is kind of janky looking. Well, it's not live action. That's for sure. The show. Yeah. She, okay, look, this show is a CGI monstrosity. It is that. That was the reason I never watched it in the first place because I was worried how it looked. Because you're because most people like. It, it, how do I even describe the aesthetic of the show? It looks like. They had two hundred and fifty dollars to work off of an idea that was at least worth five hundred k, and then they ran with it. I, this yeah, she's not going great. I just thought close of, enough. Close enough. This, this is kind of something that make Noah Crew flow up a little bit, but because the mouth flaps were kind of animated, like it was squash and stretch kind of thing. Anyway, she really wanted to honor the Japanese performances because she really liked the performances. She wanted to mimic them but give them kind of a American flair. But the thing about this dub is, it's a very diverse cast. The whole lot of actors. It's multi-state dub. They got everybody from LA to Texas, Oklahoma, Florida. Of course, the big one we'll get to later. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. So, well, this dub, she wanted to just let people try auditions. He would get it. And with and the thing about with her casting is, it's kind of one-one. Again, the big one we'll get to later on for reasons. But she pretty much kept everything good, kept everything organic. Uh, she managed to play around with certain choice lines, we'll, we'll get to later. But uh, when it came to like director, because cause the thing about Kimono Friends is it kind of got dark like towards the end. And she kept people in the dark about certain scenes, which made the thing, the dub, a lot more organic. Oh, a lot oh more did she authentic. not tell people about like. Babe! Kaban wouldn't have reacted as she did in the bloopers. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, oh, it's bit, uh, well, when we, get, when we get to a certain character, apparently a couple of the bloopers made it into the show. But, uh, Wait, what? Much, yeah, according to the episode one commentary. Really? Okay. Some of us were yeah. and didn't get to watch that. <laughs> well, when you do get the chance. It's worth a watch, okay. Good to know. But yeah, like, she, pretty much everything managed to flow smooth, and having to direct it with Howard, who was also the head engineer, like, they co-collaborate on this, because usually with the assistant directors, when somebody's out, and they have to take over, but pretty much each other had shared input into this dub, to which a few lines, like I said, I'll get to later, she kind of picked off of Howard. And everything flowed very well. As for the music itself, Dodger Giovanni did a very good job with this. Because with the song, it didn't have to match the timing. It just had to match the flow. So you might notice it's out of sync with the lip flaps, but that's okay. I'm going to be honest, the lip the... flaps in this show are very animatronic anyway. So I'm pretty sure you can play with it a little. Exactly. That's exactly what they did, too. Cool. And for, and for what they did, it was it was very smart and very well done product. I'm glad I owe this stuff. 
Now, speak the friends. Oh boy, Skip. now comes the fun part. Let's go over all of the Tanoshis. No. So, There's 55 characters. We are not doing all of them. We are not doing all of there them. Are, there are we some would be here for hours, and I was up yesterday until like at least 2 in the morning. No. There are also, <laughs> some, tonight. There are also some characters. Laughs in token Rambu. There are also some characters that literally have exactly one line. There is. I like to lick dirt. There is a deer whose only line in the show is "I like to eat dirt," and they are played by a fa- a favorite of the podcast. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I like my mom is in this show. <laughs> my mom is in this show. <laughs> hi, mom. Hi, hi, yes. anime mom. Hi, anime mom. Who who knows that she's our anime mom, which is the greatest thing in the world. I've met her in person. Now it's okay. Right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So did that. Also, anyway, can I we get start? Fa- yes, what, before you get started, I hate the fact that Andrew literally tweeted something about, like, showed me a tweet about Promare that literally is just me. God, I got two days till I see that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. You're going to have such a good time. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, can we get the adventure started? Yes, please? go. Quick, before someone yes, makes we're gonna s- Yes, we're going to start the Savannah, where, of course, we be a main characters who. Managed to meet other friends along the way, as well as some uh, unruly cerulians, if you will. Unruly? Yes. Unruly. Shut up. Let Jamal host, damn it. <laughs> anyway, we first get to the watering hole where we meet up with Hippopotamus, who's pretty much caring for the well being of Kabar Servo, who's kind of overly pushy a little bit, if you ask me. She's played by Melissa Sturdyberg. Then we trek through the jungle where we encounter a small cloud otter whose pretty much favorite pastime is water slides and tossing rocks across the ocean. She is very playful. She's played by Emmy Lowe. And as Kabar and Servo try to trek to the library, the only way across has been cut off, so they hitch a ride on a jaguar played by Terry Doty. Once they trek through the jungle, they find a bus that has a dead battery, apparently, once they assembled it. So they make their way up to the mountains to charge it, and one of them is carried up the mountain by Crested Ibis, played by Michelle Marie. And once they get to the top of the mountain, they encounter a cafe to charge their battery, which is run by an alpaca Surrey, played by Kareen Sundberg. Melissa Sternberg, you've heard as Lacey Hopework for the Borealis. Emmy, you've heard as Arsenal Izumi called the Oto Tomare. Terry Doty, you've heard as Kamala Hansima in Assassination Classroom. Michelle Marie, you've heard as Fizzle and Sword Art Online Assassination. And Kareem Sudberg, you've heard as Luca and Hells. So, Andrew, take it away. I'll be very quick with some of these. Uh, Ara Ara Hippo Girl sounds very good. Ara Ara, she's very cool, she's very strong. Uh, Apakasuri, uh, Kareen Sunenberg, a.k.a. Megami33, I'm a big fan of her online work, and she does a good job being a very good, uh, coffee brewster. Um, Emmy Lowe and Terry Doty, the otter jaguar, they are delightful. Jaguar is this very cool, spunky girl, and, uh, the otter is so cute and adorkable, and all of the otter puns, and I didn't think I was gonna get any better otter puns than with Saren Zomni, but lo and behold, uh, Emmy and Kimona friends delivered. I think 
when we were watching the episode, you kind of just like sat there, just kind of squeeing so happily at the honor. And I was just kind of giggling, and she was just very cute and fun. Also, uh, okay, so I'll go into this one. There's probably going to be a lot of discussions tonight of who is favorite or who is best kimono friend. Because everybody's got a lot of, is, there's like 50 plus characters. Everybody's got a favorite. The answer is Kaban. <laughs> but the answer is Lucky Beast. No, oh. you're right. Okay, answer is Lucky Beast. Okay, <laughs> look, go, aside from the main squad, I will say probably my favorite friend in the show might actually be the Japanese crested Ibis, a.k.a. Toki. Ibis! Ibis! man. For the love of fuck, it's Ibis! We, we just had a mini <laughs> moment where we had to backtrack a little bit and he called it an Ibis. So we had a moment. The Japanese my crested... Toki! Toki! Uh, Toki might be my favorite, and I think that's almost exclusively because of the fact that I adore the way Michelle plays her, because she just sounds so very soft and cute and soft-spoken. And that's just that kind of guy like this. But then also, that like, after... That's the point! But <laughs> no, then, but then she gets a proper, like, coaching, and she actually does a pretty decent job. But no, I just love the way that she's... That Toki's just very cute and soft-spoken, and she's doing her best to get fans. And I believe in you, Toki. I love you. <laughs> and I'm done. Michelle, you did a great My job. My name is Crested Ibis! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Mr. Prairie Dog, you need to stop digging your own holes here. Uh, whatever. I would also like to point out that nobody in their real life should ever want to be ara ara by a hippopotamus because the hippopotamus is the most deadly animal in all of Africa. <laughs> in fact, it kills more people a year than the crocodile. I can believe that. I once saw it. I'm not. But remember, in the words of what the fuck is wrong with you, the hippo is a noble creature and it will not swell up your deck. <laughs> Uh, Melissa Sternberg is somebody that I'm not super familiar with, and uh, I don't know, this is gonna sound really weird, she kind of reminded me a little bit of Jamie Markey at times. Okay. If Jamie Markey was, like, a little deeper, but I, I genuinely would want to hear Melissa Sternberg in more stuff, so, uh, and I know she's in a couple of other simuldubs now, but uh, would like to see her get to play... Um, a lead in something at, like, Funimation or Sentai uh, at any point. Uh, Emmy Lowe is the Asian small claw arter. was so fucking cute. Um, she was this, like, lovely balance of childish without being super annoying. Especially because Otter is a character- small clawed arter is a character that could really grate on people just because she is just, like, overly childish and, like, dependent and kind of obnoxious. Also, apparently, my fr- like my really good friend online, Mao, the other token Rambu girl, uh, used to work at an aquarium with otters, and she said like otters are dickholes and would keep escaping into the pipes, and they would have to go chase the otters out. That's impress. That's that's impressive, actually. Uh, Jaguar is really cool. It remind I don't get to listen to Terry Doty play a lot of female characters. I think Mori Mori's the last one that I remember. <laughs> Um, Jaguar sounds like a cool, strong girl, and I would totally love to ride on Jaguar's back. Uh, Corinne Sinderberg as Alpaca Suri is really cute, and I really love her, the way that she plays her, like, when they come up, it's like, oh, so you guys are just here to use my goddamn charger. Jake dickholes by my coffee. 
Um, that's just that is the not how she actually coffee. does it. Honestly, that's just the Starbucks experience right there. You want to buy shit? Buy no, coffee. Well, thank you. <laughs> I got that. Bitch, better buy my. She Which literally, like, like I would I would go to Alpaca Surrey Books. I probably wouldn't get kicked out of it. Um, <laughs> I'd write a script and then, in there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I would live in the, I would live in Alpaca Surrey's bathroom. <laughs> anyway. Hey. TMI. Uh, I'm k- just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Marie as Crested Ibis is really kind of the impressive performance to me because... There's a special level of acting and intentionally being bad at something. Yes. Like, like she plays her all cutesy stuff, but the real impressive part is the fact that she has to not... She does not sing badly. Mm. She yodels badly. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's definitely like, what it is. Like, it's not even singing. It's like full on your fifth, your kindergartner's first school's taught choir performance. Oh, my God. Just, I want you to imagine, like, an army of small crested ibises singing, like, singing, like, some, I don't know what the hell they sing at, like, kindergarten schools now. Just, In the arms of an ibis! Oh my god. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Far away from here! Oh god. Just, just in the arms of an angel, as sung by Japanese Crested Ibis. Oh my god. Um, you're welcome, Internet. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would say out of all of them, I think I'm the most impressed by Michelle Marie. Uh, also because I'm super unfamiliar with her. Like, I don't think I've ever watched anything that she's been in. I think before. she popped up in Sword Art. I don't remember as who. I just know she's okay. Kizel. Andrew, Andrew, I try to placate my brain of Sword Art unless it's dumb jokes. About Kirito and his blonde little boyfriend. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Look here. Who is basically the Ventus to his Roxas. Okay, you Look, know Look, no one can deny Yu-Gi-Oh is best boy. Alright. Yu-Gi-Oh, a.k.a. Kirito's blonde nobody. God, fuck, you're right. Okay, anyways. <laughs> anyway, I'm done, so uh, Steph, go ahead. Um... God, this is where Steph's brain goes into who the fuck is who mode, so thank you, character guide. Um, where is it? Uh, Hippopotamus is best mom. Yeah. Hippopotamus is basically the mom figure of the show, very much so. Like, and I love Melissa Sternberg's performance of it, because it's like... As Kabon and Serval are, like, walking away, she's like, Just be careful! You know it's dangerous out there! Yeah, we'll be fine! Are you sure? You know you should do this just in case! And so it was just like, We'll be okay! <laughs> like, that, that is, like... It, remi- it's, it That reminds me of me. Because <laughs> mm. I'm like, Are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, Yes! Are you sure? I'm fine. Yeah, are you sure? Are you sure? You know this is... No. Cut it out. But um, yeah, Melissa Sternberg is is great as the hippopotamus, and she's just—it's like, it's the mom, it's a mom kind of figure. That's the t- stereotype that I can equate uh, equate this to, and it also has 
<laughs> What's the best way to describe it? It also has a matriarchal voice to it, while like some of the other characters are more like high pitched, cutesy, girly. Melissa's hippopotamus has more a little bit of a deeper register to it, but also has this sense of like a matriarch. Uh, uh, or a maternal figure of sorts to me, mm-hmm. so I think that's a great. I, I think that's a great sound for the hippopotamus, and she's just so fun. It's great. Um, small clawed otter and jaguar. I will also admit that the otter, the Emmy, is the otter is cute as shit. Um, is it dead? They're talking about like the whole butt. Did the butt? They're talking about the butt. Did the bus die? Is it dead? 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 <laughs> Is it dead? <laughs> no, I forgot about that. It's been a while since I watched the early episodes, alright? Mm-hmm. Um, no, but, yeah, she's very cute and adorable, but she also m- made Andrew squee quite a bit, because so <laughs> you just love the otter, it was great. But yeah, it was so adorable and peppy and cheery, and similar to another character we're going to talk about, Emmy kind of has, is one of the characters that has a little bit more fast talking to her. Where, like, she's just really, really talking so fast that sometimes it takes a minute to understand. But it's at least still fast enough so you can understand what she's saying. And I think that's part of, like, the hyper energy that the otter has, which I think is great for the personality. Um, And then Terry as the jaguar. She's just a sweetheart. Jaguar is such a sweetheart. I want to cuddle the jaguar. Because she looks all fluffy and warm and I love it. Um... And then we have Ibis and Alpaca. Um, both of these performances are fun too. Alpaca and Corinne, I would say, I would say she's really sweet and she's so kind and just gentle in terms of the vocal tone, and I like that a lot. And then the Ibis, oh Toki. Toki's adorable. Oh, she's so cute. I want to support her. I hope she achieves her dreams. Oh, Toki, Toki, I think, because I'm not familiar with ibises and how they work, but it, or how how they work. (laughs) They fly and sing. (laughs) Shut up. I'm only familiar with an ibis because it's the mascot of UM, but. And they also are like all over Florida. See, this is what happens in Jersey. We don't have that shit. God, that's so weird to hear you say in Jersey we don't have that shit. You in Jersey now, that's fucking weird. (laughs) I mean, you have whatever's going on at the Jersey store, and there's some animals out there. You're not wrong. (laughs) I tried to to placate my brain at Jersey Shore. But (laughs) with with, uh, Michelle Marie as as, uh, wonderful, wonderful Toki. (sighs) Oh no, it's that time of night. Um... With Michelle Marie as Toki, there are the two sides, and we already brought it up. We have the quiet, soft-spoken side, but then we have the really, really loud singer, obnoxious. It is it is obnoxious, but it's for a reason. <laughs> it's not obnoxious because it's bad. It's obnoxious with purpose, because that's the whole point of the character. So if people start complaining that Ibis shouldn't sing like that, shut up. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> Of the whole thing. Um, but yeah, uh, these are all very, very adorable. But I have to say, my favorite is probably Hippopotamus out of this group. Interesting, okay. Only because it's it reminds me a lot of me sometimes. That's probably why I can totally relate. No wonder Andrew likes the hippo. 
Damn it, I was hoping we could avoid that. Jamal, what are I, your thoughts? Okay then, wow, Maggie picks up the pieces. Uh, for, for Melissa, this is like my third time talking about her. I've yet to get used to her voice, but she does a pretty good job in this world. Like, what else has she been in I, that you were on? Uh, B-Dex and Hells. Ah, that was ah. good. You forget, Jamal is basically the sound cadence host for us at this point. I, I watched to the beat of my own drum. God damn it. Wow, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of hard to put her voice right now, but the department sounds very soothing, very motherlike, motherly. I pretty much enjoyed it. Uh, Emmy Lowe is the small cloud daughter. I thought you heard her in a couple other roles, but yeah, the, she makes the artist sound adorable without being overbearing. And you can tell she really loves this character to the point where I was doing research for this. I found that she had cosplayed her character on Twitter. I know, she looks really good, too! I have to see that, so, actually. She's a... Emmy Lowe looks fantastic as Otter. Like, she, it's top-notch cosplay. Alright, I'm gonna look this up. Keep going. Because <laughs> now I have to see this. Yeah. Uh, Terry Doney is the Jaguar. You're, like Megan said, you're right here, Terry Doney, much as female characters. What you do is kind of interesting. It's a lot like. of fun when she gets to. Yeah, it is. I really wish I really wish she could do it more, you know. But as the Jaguar, she did pretty good. Like as well as being very concerning in like certain situations, especially when the you know they're trying to figure out how to get this bus cab like across the river. <laughs> I think at one point they almost accidentally drowned Kamar in doing so. But <laughs> whoops! <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, and uh, Michelle Marie. She she has a very good voice. Like I I don't hear her often because I haven't seen Alicization or even though it's on my DVR apparently. But when it came to the singing part, at some point she sounded like a Trina Nishimura when she's frantic. But other times it's like it's kind of very soothing. To which it's kind of <laughs> some of this casting is kind of on the nose because the fact that. The alpaca story just gives her a teeth to soothe her voice. And she's played by Megami33, who's a singer on YouTube. I I see I see where you were going with that, Marissa. I don't know if that was intentional, but that was kind of on the nose. And Carissa Berg did a very good job as well, because she sounded like... I forget who it was. I know at the very least she sounded like a bit like Monica Rial type. Oh, maybe. I forget, yeah, I forget who it was I crossed her with, but it'll, it'll probably come back to me, but... Yeah, everybody did very good in the roles. You know, I mean, I ain't no problems here. Marissa makes sure of that. <laughs> Marissa so makes sure of it. Now, before we move on, we said we could not cover everybody. So, I just want to give a shout out to those that are part of this ensemble cast who didn't have as much screen time. So, shout outs to Chastity Carter, Elise Barman, Kira Buckland. Kristen McGuire, Melly Grant, Jordy Harley, Tia Ballard, Justin Michelle Townsie, Caitlin Barr, and of course Felicia Argel. Hi mom! So I had to eat dirt on your birthday. Oh dear. 
Says we come down the mountain with the battery needed for the bus. We head, we make our way through into the desert area where we encounter. It's funny, the desert area is like one of my favorite episodes because it's the literal Sudere episode. Because oh my god, yes. Because you have a sad cat whose personality switches depending on the temperature outside. Rich, big mood right there. <laughs> and she, yes. Honestly, and, yeah. she, and she's played by Christy Rothrock. And then you encounter the actual Sudere who's Sudere in her hobbies, really. Because she knows a thing or two about Chapari Park that the other friends don't know, and she's played by Sarah Ann Williams. Suchi Noko. I love Suchi Noko. Suchi Noko is real! Suchi yes. Noko is amazing. <laughs> yes, Nick facts. And then, as we. As once we get through the desert area, surviving a sandstorm, we make our way to the lakeshore where we encounter the American Beaver. <laughs> Who's trying to build her dad, but she's pretty much built for Warrior when it comes to projects. Much like me sometimes. And she's played by Elisa Annette. She encounters a companion in a black-tailed prairie dog who kinda acts without thinking sometimes, and she is played by Sarah Wiedenhaft. So Andrew. Look, I'm just gonna say, look, let's get it out of the way right now. The beaver and the prairie dog, they are straight up married. No, they're not. Shut up. They're 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 cohabitating together. Shame on you. They they married. Yes, they married. No, at the mo at the most they're a tugboat. They hang out to each other, depend on each other. <laughs> nothing more, nothing they're less. They're a tugboat. <laughs> they're a tugboat. God damn it. There there's a they're lot of tugging going on. Tug there's a lot of tugging going on between those two. Andrew! <laughs> <laughs> so Jamal. Well, Steph is Steph is playing Suchi, putting on her best Sujinoko cosplay. Why don't you tell us who uh, these other actor, uh, other characters these actors play? Yes, Christy Rothrock, you've heard of Setsuko Sato and Suki Gakure. Sarah Ann Williams, you've heard of Dodo Jukuzre, Kill the Kill. Lisa Annette, you've heard of Wada in Star Blazers 2199, Space Battleship Yamato. And Sir Weedenhef, you've heard of Charmy in Black Clover. So, Andrew, if you recovered I've yet. I've recovered. For, net, for uh, now. You go for ahead now. I'm going to get hit again at some point. I can already tell. Because he's a butthole. Because I'm a butthole. Um, so, Christy as the Sandcat is adorable, but it's also really funny to see the way she fluctuates from all the different emotions and temperatures because of how she's feeling. It's like, I don't want to deal with this right now. It just seems very airheaded and forgetful, but just super cute. Uh... Sarah Ann Williams as a Suchinoko, she's hilarious. And, like, I'll, I'll put it like this. There, I've gotten very familiar with some of these voices. There are some of these actors, actresses, where it's basically, like, I had to look up who they were because I'm like, okay, that voice sounds familiar. I'm not quite sure who that is. The second I hear the, chi the Suchinoko just talk, I'm like, oh, that's Sarah Williams. That's 100% Sarah Williams. And she's very squawky, but adorably so. And you can tell, like, she's a research buff that's trying to do her best. And she's basically a cute, angry little snakey. Snackfax. Sn that's a snackfax. That's a snackfax. I love that blooper. But yeah, no, Sarah Williams has a distinct voice, and she's perfect for Tsuchinoko. Uh, Elisa Anna as the beaver. She does a pretty good job sounding very, like, awkward and neurotic, but doing her best. And Sarah Wiedenhef is basically an adorkable little little goober who's doing her best and 
Yeah, no, beaver, prairie dog, I straight up ship it. I don't care what you say. Uh... God damn it, why? I ship the tugboat. Andrew! <laughs> I'm going in my corner now. Anyways, Elisa and Sarah Weedenheff, they are fantastic and I enjoyed them immensely. He's gonna go hide on the other side of the food. He's literally going and hiding on the other side He's of the food. He's escaping. Day. He's trying to escape. Dig! Dig, Prairie Dog! Dig away from your shame! No, why'd you steal my phone? Because you're about to Is it my turn? Yes. Yay! First of all, I'd like to say that Tsuchinokos are real. Um, and I'm gonna save her for last. Sandcat! Christy Rothrock! Um, I, I've watched, like, a decent amount of shows that Christy Rothrock is in, but I never can place her voice and I feel really bad. Because she's in, uh, she's in Tsukigakure. She's in, uh... She's in Tagaki season one. I think she's one of the kids, the other three mm-hmm, girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's in a lot of stuff that like I would enjoy. I enjoy. I just, I just never can pinpoint her voice. So I was actually really surprised that she was Sandcat because she makes Sandcat absolutely adorable, and she gets all of her mood swings down really well. I also think that she gets down the the like kind of like ooh, what does this button do? kind of voice, because I think that's more of her personality. It's less that she's a tsundere and more that she's got, like, ADD. Kinda, yeah. Big mood. <clears throat> she's mostly just distracted by everything, and she's just like, I'm bored with this. So, I think that she also gets, like, a little bit of a childishness down to her. Uh, Elisa Annette, who I'm also super unfamiliar with, who is she in Star Blazers? Uh, Wada, episode 24. Yeah. Okay, so she's like a super minor character in that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Star Blazers yet. So. Uh, I, I have. I fucking love Star Blazers. And I'm like, holy shit. I still need to I watch I don't remember that character. I need to finish 2202. I need to watch... I need to start 2202. I need to 2202. Anyway. Um, watch Star Blazers, kids. Um, Just do it. I think that Elisa... Alisa does a great job as American Beaver. I'm super unfamiliar with her. She also has, a, in in the words of Serval's actress in the bloopers, that's so cute! When she makes her little brrr noise. Um, I think that she gets the, the neurotic stuff down. I would say she's, maybe because I, I think that she's paired with an actress that I, I find to be super, super strong, that she sounds a little bit weaker. Because, frankly, like, look, it's Sarah Wiedenhoff. Sarah Wiedenhoff is a fantastic actress. Uh, she, I, I find it really funny that we're talking about her and Sarah Williams in the same segment because I, I swear to God, you could have those two voice match for each other and it would be convincing. Yeah. Um, especially, especially when they yell, um, uh, in the bloopers, Prairie Dog asks if this is up to my liking, Madam Buttsniff. Madam Buttsniff is impressed with you, Prairie Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you did a great job, sir. We didn't have, I, I enjoy getting to see Sarah Whedon have play Grumlin characters more than I think I, I like her playing, like, the soft-spoken, like, ooh-woo characters. Like, let Sarah play some fucking mur- like, murder gremlins, man. Murder gremlins. Like, or, like, even though it's not her, let her play murder hamsters or something like that. <laughs> murder hamsters. I mean, look, I want to- I, I would love to hear Sarah Whedon have play, like, a Yandere character that, like- would kill me and kiss me. Oh my I, god. You know what? I want to see that too. I would I would love to see that. I, I really liked her as this like upbeat, energetic, overly zealous little prairie dog. But let's talk about the actual best character in all of Kimono Friends, Sushinoko. Hell yeah. Um, 
Outside of Lucky Beast, Tsuchinoko is Megan's favorite character for very obvious reasons. Uh, I fucking love Sarah Williams. I have loved Sarah Williams for many years. Like, Sarah Williams is, honest to God, like, one of my favorite voice actors that works out in California. Um, I'd also like to point out, because I, I don't think I'll ever get to talk about this, and I don't think we'll ever get to talk about this, uh, she is absolutely brilliant in Team Four Stars Final Fantasy VII Machina Abridged. Yes, especially mm-hmm. as big, Tifa. Especially like this week's episode where they had like a yes, big dramatic like, like clouded Tifa stuff. Yeah, so I I absolutely adore Sarah Williams, and I love Sarah Williams. I've always really liked Sarah Williams playing characters like Suchinoko, like Non Non. Um, she is by far the best part of the Sword Art Online bloopers. Um, I would love an entire series of Sword Art Online as narrated by Sarah Williams as Elizabeth. Um, hey, Leafa, do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> um, I, except for that's Cassandra Morris. Um, Sarah Williams is behind my favorite thing ever, which is, uh, holy shit, it's Katie Tang, run. And bite me, Grant. Bite me, bite me, bite me. Um, I really like the way that she plays Tsuchinoko as this, like, kind of tomboyish asshole. Who doesn't really want to help things and just wants to, like, is just like, yeah, I know this, but I'm not going to sit by you people. Fucking weebs. Goddamn nerds. Nerds! <laughs> as as the biggest nerd in the room. Uh, so I, I was, she's one of my honest to God favorite performances in the whole show. So uh, I don't want to ramble on and repeat myself. So Steph, go ahead. Oh my God. What can I even? Also, also before I go on, Roots would like the cut parts of this episode preserved for scientific research. <laughs> Damn it. Sa- save it for uh, a rainy day. Yeah, it sounds fair. I'm I'm still wondering if Andrew ever heard my American Beaver comment. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after. Go ahead. Oh God, what can I even add to what's been said already? Fuck. Um. Oh Lord. I'm gonna start with. American Beaver and Black-Tailed Prairie Dog, Elise and Sarah. No, they are not married. Yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. They just live together. They're not married yet. There was no proposal, damn it. Look, just because there's also a rig doesn't mean they're not practically already married. Shut up. <laughs> they own a property together that they cohabitate together. Doesn't mean they're married. Are they worthy of each other's grace? Are you worthy of my grace? <laughs> you you ah! need to poke that milk bread. Cause, cause let's face it, you you spending time here is almost like cohabitation, except not. Okay, okay, this is, <laughs> this is much more loaded than I was expecting. Okay. <laughs> All right, Prairie Dog. Kimono, kimono relationship therapy. Yeah. Bum bum. And Yoko, so welcome to therapy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I love you, <laughs> but you did that to yourself. Welcome to Therapy Park. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Anyways, um, so Beaver and Prairie Dog. <sighs> they are so much fun watching play off of each other. With, um, with Beaver being like more calm and she's methodical, but she second guesses herself quite a bit. She's like, oh no, maybe not this way, or this way, or this way. Like, she knows what she wants, and she's very smart. But she just second guesses herself, and she doesn't have, like, she has a, like, a, I guess maybe, like, a confidence issue, it seems like, based on what I 
I've seen. Uh, meanwhile, Perry Dog just dives right in, doesn't think about nothing. No it's plan like, in the world. I just want to dig. Dig a hole, dig a hole. She, she's the missing Ed, Ed, and Eddie person. She's from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Dig a hole, dig a hole. Um, anyway, but, um, Sarah Weed. She's gonna have to carry, she's gonna have to carry American Beaver across the mountain to get rid of the family curse. God damn it. Anyway, but. I will give you, I will PayPal anybody $5 who gets that reference in the comments. <laughs> um, anyway. But, um, Sarah Weed and Huff is just so peppy and hyper and just so, like, She's just very excitable and just like, I gotta go. I got. I need to figure out a hole. I need to figure out my home. I need to do this and this and this. And it's just, it's interesting how these two just really play off of each other very well. And I really enjoy it so, so much. Um, Christy Rothrock as Sandcat. Um, I think everybody's, I think, I think it was Jamal who said, I think he's right. Sandcat is not a student today. Sandcat clearly has ADHD. <laughs> I mean, I said Sudari DeLille says that when she's hot and cold, her personality kind of changes. Okay. I don't mean an actual Sudari, like, it's not like I mean anything like it, but, 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 I don't mean like that. Tea, though. Exactly. But, Thank um, you very much. Yeah, Sandcat is like someone who has like, who doesn't, pay, who doesn't keep her attention on things very long. Um, she a kitty cat. She a kitty cat. Very cute key cat. I'd scratch her ears. You scratch her ears? I'd scratch her ears. Jesus. Um, but I, I love Christy's performance because she's, she's just very calm. <laughs> I just love Christy's performance because she's very calm. She also has her little moments where she gets excitable. But then again, she has that moment she's like, and eh, not interested. And then Serval's just in there like, what? Really? Like, come on, <laughs> that was fast. But um But I am also here for Suchinoko. Suchinoko is fucking fantastic, and Sarah Ann Williams is so much fun. There's our student day. <laughs> she there's our student day. It's just like she's she's kind of she's she puts on the front of being this tough snick. She's a tough, tough snick. But at the same time, it's like she's just hiding in the corner. It's like, why are you hiding over there? It's like... The dubstep. <laughs> wub, 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 wub. I, okay, uh, I love the, uh, the outtakes. Where, out, outtakes. Outtakes. I love the outtakes. Uh, where they're basically like, every time things go on, it's like, oh, it's the attack of the dubstep. <laughs> yeah. Kicking mm, in. Mm, 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 but, um, mm, mm, Sushi Noko, she's just very, very, like, she puts on that tough front. She puts on the tough front, but at the same time, like, she just is just hiding, like, in a corner, just like, I'm not hiding from you. I just don't trust you. It's very, very cute, and it's very adorable, and I love every second of it. Um, Tsuchinoko would probably be my top five favorites, at least. This is basically our way of say, saying, look, if you want to blackmail us with Kimoto Friends merch, here's who our favorites are. <laughs> they don't make, there's not a Tsuchinoko Nendoroid yet, I've looked. Really? Okay. I want one. There's probably charms. Oh yeah, there's definitely charms. I really, I, I really, I, there is a, a Kaba Nendoroid that I do want, so. <gasps> Kaba! Sorry. <laughs> I love Kaba. Also, unrelated Tony. to the performance, I really like Tsuchinoko's snack hoodie. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I would wear that. I would wear the yes. shit out of that. I like how the, the, the string ties are just snake tongue. Like, that's cute. It's so cute. Anyway, I'm done. So yeah, I, why it's kind of hard to pin down Christy's voice at first, I've gotten used to it at some point. To where I can identify like her high range or her low range. This is more than her mid range. But yeah, but yeah, she manages to play sad cat kind of sleepy, so, because you know, ADD, personality disorder, whatever you want to believe. This little Sundere, she plays it very well. As for the actual Sundere, Sarah Ann Williams. Good Lord, how many times can I talk about Sarah Ann Williams on a podcast? I, I think she did a pretty phenomenal job, like, just be, like, disconcerted, like, you know, me Sundarish for actual hobbies. <laughs> Imagine to have, like, this kind of growling, kind of yelling kind of voice, because that's the reason I picked Nono as the role to mention, because that's how I'm able to, like, recognize her instantly, just the way Nono talks. As soon as I hear that tone come up, bam, that's Sarah Ann Williams. This pretty, does a pretty good job. It's a good thing you mentioned uh, Final Fantasy VII Machina Bridge, because I think I think okay, this is because of that, it's Machina Bridge. Machina Bridge. Okay, because of Final Fantasy VII Machina Bridge. Machina Bridge. Shut up, Andy. <laughs> He's making that face like, oh my god. He can't say shit, Mr. Ibis. You know what? Fair. <laughs> because of that, I think that's where part of the casting for South Cadence comes from. Because I've seen a lot of abridged people and some sound cadences stuff. I mean, the biggest one being Scott Frerichs. I mean, for the record, I believe uh, TFS, like, actually uses their studios for, like, some yeah. of their episode recordings. Yeah, TFS, yeah. Just rip it off, yeah. Anthony. Yep. That's one of the bloopers from Mission Abridged. Just rip the bandit off, Anthony. As I've said before, I don't watch a lot of abridged stuff, so I don't really know. So. I don't either, so you don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, as for episode 5, episode 5, uh, Beaver and Prairie Dog are kind of my favorite characters, because it kind of reminds me of me, like, both halves of the core, because at one point I can be a bit of a worry ward when it comes to a project, on the other times I sometimes act without thinking, or as I, or I used to, so seeing these two characters kind of reminded me of that, and even though the portrayals are very different, uh, Elisa does a Elisa does a very good job in this role. And so we did have I'm gonna be honest to me just so uh, we did have like she can do no wrong in this role and it's kinda of funny. But yeah, so did a very good job. Everybody did a very good job in this section and as we leave the lake shore and head to the plains, we encounter uh, essentially two warring factions. Though one of them kinda of dominates because they've been kinda of in battle with each other. Yeah, battle in quotation marks. Fifty-one battles, only one person has ever won the ball, and that is Lion. Uh oops, pretty much up against the one faction of uh, Team Moose, which consists of the Moose, White Rhinoceros, Shoe Bill, Panther Chameleon, and I think there's one more member, but we're not talking about them tonight. Yes, the really, we're doing, pine. We're not yeah. talking about the porcupine, I think. There, there's too no. many animals. Too many goddamn animals. Uh, too many cooks. Too many cooks will spoil <laughs> the food. Well, what do you expect? Your party park is practically pretty much a humanized zoo oh, at this point. Lord. I mean, 
<laughs> the Greater so Midwest Japari Park is fucking fascinating, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, Light is played by Crystal Laporte. Moose is played by Hayden Davio. White Rhino is played by Cassie Ewelu. Shubo is played by Sandra Tor. And Panther Kamui is played by Jade Saxton. Crystal Laporte, you've heard this Mirai Beyond the Boundary. In the Davio, you heard this Yasko Koenji in The Helpful Fox Senko-san. Cassie Erulu, the only other name one could find was uh, Okita from Hensky, but she's commonly known as Sapphire and does a lot of YouTube song covers. Matter of fact, she sings the opening and ending to Epithetic Race. That she does, yeah. You see that show. Yes. Oh, that's who that is. I like that person's voice. Mm-hmm. And Jane Saxton, you've heard as known as Death Parade. Wait, did you skip Shubel? And, no, Shubel, I yeah, I skipped her because I couldn't find any other roles really? for her. No matter how, I I checked her Twitter, I could not find like any named roles or anything. Wow, so. okay. So complete. As far as, as far as I could tell, as far as I could tell, fresh faced cast. That's pretty interesting, considering there were a few things I knew about Kimono Friends for the two years I didn't watch it. One of those things I knew was people really like to draw Shubel. Like, I did not know that. Believe me, I a know a lot, a lot. That's because you're not a memer, Stephanie. I don't, I don't. What, what are this thing that the kids call the memes? I don't understand. Like, I, like y'all, look, y'all youngins. Steph's with, got the y'all youngins. Steph's with, got the body of a mo- y'all. Steph's got the body of a millennial and the brain of a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> y'all youngins and your so-called memes. Back what in are these my day, memes? back in my day, we had joke books. Oh my god, Stephanie, <laughs> you're killing me right now. Okay, oh, you love me and you know it. <laughs> I do, goddammit. Uh, so, starting off, Sandra Torre a shoe bill. She does a really good job, sounding like this very like. They spent the entire time thinking, oh, she's dangerous. She's on to us. She knows our secret espionage plan. It's like, no, I really want to talk to you. I'm just shy. It's like, aw, you're trying your best. You're doing the best you can. And yeah, no, Sandra does a very good job for a relative, like, fresh face. And she sounds really good to Shubel. I very much enjoy her. And the character design is very cool. Uh, Jade Saxton as Panther Chameleon. Uh, is She's very awkward and shy and stuff. But she's also partially responsible for one of my favorite moments in the show, which is where she does a battle, a mock battle with Kaban. Oh my god. She whacks, she whacks the panther chameleon over the head, and Kaban just says, boop. Oh, by the way, that line was improvised. I had a hunch so. that was improvised, but it's still adorable, and it's perfect, and it's one of my like <laughs> favorite little things in the dub, and it's super cute. Uh, I didn't have too much of an impression of, like, what, what White Rhino d- did, but she, but she seemed very much kind of like a Saber type, and I'm a big fan of Cassie's uh, voice in general, and she does a really good job making her sound very strong and confident and cool, and also that's a very effective weapon. It's just a giant horn. It's like, you can do a lot of things with that. Um, also, Hayden as the Moose, I believe she is actually native Canadian. As far yes, she she is, which, which is, is why it's extra uh, again on the nose casting. Is, she is the moose, and also this is very different from what I've heard of Hayden's voice work because I've heard her in two other things, and this is a much more like 
very loud, confident, ha ha ha, I am Moose, I am going to win. Well, I've heard her sound much more, like, cutesy or much more, speaking of millennials, uh, her character in uh, Senko-san was very much uh, millennial art goals. It's just like, she's doing the best she can with unlimited budget. She's doing... But, yeah, um, I really thought Hayden did a very good job sounding like this boisterous, loud moose. My actual favorite of this group, though, is Crystal Laporte. And Crystal Laporte has done a lot of stuff in, like, Houston, and she's been popping up a lot recently in Dallas area. Okay, the the reveal with the lion was hilarious, because the lion's deal is, like, <laughs> yeah. very strong, confident, leader-like powerful and then and then her associates leave and then it's just kind of like oh my gosh like can you even believe hey girl hey girl let's go do body let's go do body shots off of moose oh my God. <laughs> it's just very like like it's like a mix of like valley girl and a bit of garu in there too it's very but just the way that crystal's able to do this really strong confident stoic voice and then be like very cutesy like teen girl who doesn't even have a care in the world is so funny and she's so good like it's really really hilarious and i'm done oh god this futon creek <laughs> you're not gonna win babe i'm trying hopefully nobody can hear nobody can hear me shoving pringles in my mouth because i'm starving okay cool um, you'll just hear this very crinkly futon instead yeah hey. you might hear a crinkle for water bottle so yeah, nothing. Uh, so let's get Shubo out of the way. Sandra Tour was fine. I didn't really notice the performance. It wasn't, like, obnoxiously sticking out. Uh, frankly, to be fair, I forgot Shubo was a fucking character. Um, Whoops. I, I feel really bad. Like, I, I've watched the show all the way through once, and I, like, listened to it going through while I was working on something that you'll see on our Twitter that'll probably be up by the point that this is up. Um, that'll probably be up by the time that this is up on Twitter. So you'll, you'll know exactly, when you see certain things go up on Twitter related to a certain thing we do, you'll know, okay, that's what Megan was doing while she was rewatching Komodo Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Jade Saxon was doing the adorable kind of cutesy shy Jade voice that she does for Panther Chameleon. Uh, I think one of my favorite moments is um, when, when Moose is like to her, it's like, Panther Chameleon, why didn't you try to do this before? I tried to tell you and you would just say no. <laughs> like Moose this. just does not listen. <laughs> Moose is, Moose is a moron. Moose is a moron, but a um, lovable moron. Cassie as yeah. uh, White Rhinoceros, um, I think she was fine. I think she was uh, a good piece of the puzzle. Uh, I also can remember, I can only just remember her stupid outtake of, We charge! And that's about it. <laughs> um, Hayden as Moose is, I'm a little bit more divided on that. Well, I think it's a fun performance. Um... There are times where I think it was a little bit too over the top for my taste. Um, I think it was fun. It was funny at points, but then there are just points where it's like, please stop shouting every fucking line of dialogue you have. <laughs> um, though, I will say that my one of my other favorite blues, bloopers is, I am General Moose! <laughs> what they want me, bro? <laughs> and all women are my targets! <laughs> oh, God, yes. Moose said trans rights, so... God bless. Moose said lesbian and trans rights. <laughs> uh, and then, out of this all, I am the most impressed with Crystal Laporte as Lion, because she has to do that very stoic, two, I think, almost supremely opposite ends of the spectrum, because 
being a stoic kind of king leader and then go into, oh, he- oh hell girl, you big chungus. <laughs> <laughs> like, Crystal Laporte's valley girl lion voice sounds like she got stuck in the hedges storming the field at Auburn, Alabama. Oh my god. That is a very niche reference that, like, two people are going to get, but I don't care. Like, Lion sounds like she got drunk at the college orientation. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I love it. (laughs) Because I'm a huge fan of, like, me and Steph, if you've ever never watched the episode of it, uh, Steph and I are both huge Beyond the Boundary fans. So I am used to Crystal Laporte being Mirai, who is, like, meek and shy and tiny and not like okay look mirai would like be the girl in the background trying to quickly hide the beers while crystal laporte's downing the jack while lion is downing the jack a lion sorry shit they're both crystals (laughs) fuck good job megan says megan says good job would she drink crystal though damn it andrew get back in your hole (laughs) <laughs> He's running away. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm done. So, uh, so a big milf energy takeover. <laughs> damn it, Jamal! I hear you snorting in the background now. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, fuck you. <laughs> um, God, I don't even know where to begin with some with this one. Um, so. I'm in agreement that Shoebill was good. I liked her. I Shoebill as a character wasn't that memorable outside of, hey, you might be this thing called a human. That's really it. She was the lore dub. She was the exposition lore dub. Um, but for what it's worth, Sander, I did enjoy very much. Um, Panther Chameleon and Jade. That's just some cute and adorable stuff. Like, like... Panther Chameleon didn't have a lot of confidence really in the beginning of the episode. But then, like, when Kaban's just telling her, like, why don't you do this and this? And it's like, she goes complete fucking full ninja. And I think, obviously, that's the point of the character. And it's hilarious. And Jade is just so adorable and perky. And it's great. Um, Cassie is the rhinoceros. Um, she's just so tough and gung-ho. It's like, we charge! And then we, and then we charge some more! <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm actually in somewhat agreement with Megan about Hayden as Moose. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. Um, this is actually the first time I've ever talking about Hayden before on an episode. Hello there. Um, it wasn't, it was rough at first to me. It took a little bit to adjust to because I, that's not the voice or the vocal tone I expected from the Moose. Um, which I, I completely understand the choice and the decision that was made going into that. Mm-hmm. But there were parts of it where it just seemed a little rough or a little over the top. But there were some moments where it was great too. Because Moose is a stubborn idiot. <laughs> and Moose is just like, But I have to defeat Lion! This is what we have to do! We're gonna charge! And it's like, why don't we just do this? No, we're gonna charge! Moose is a very thick-headed by nature. Yes. Explains it so much. Um, so, it, Hayden as Moose is 50-50 for me, depending on what part of the episode it really is. Um, so, it's hard to say whether I 100% like it or dislike it. It's hard. I don't know. Um, and then Crystal Laporta's Lion. Dear God. 
Oh, Crystal. Oh, Crystal. First of all, we haven't talked about her in a while, so cool. Uh, probably since Beyond the Boundary, actually. Um, but the lion is a very interesting character because, like everybody has described about lion so far, as I yawn again. Um, Just like the lion. Shut up. Aw, <laughs> oh, hell, girl. But um, lion does put on this front around her quote-unquote subjects who, who like, give their complete and utter loyalty to her. But what they don't know is just she's just so sick of everything. <laughs> she's like, I'm tired of this. I, I really want to actually fight Moose. <laughs> I really do. Like, she, she, I want this to stop. <laughs> I want her to kick my ass and get this over with. Basically. She's just so bad at this. Basically. And um, it's such it's such a fun performance where there's diff two different sides to it. Uh, where it's just a happy-go-lucky, like, oh my god. <sighs> where there's a happy-go-lucky, oh my god. Well, this is great, girl. 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 Um, but, um, and then there's also the more noble side of it where it's like, you walk into my territory. Be prepared to fight. It's very interesting. A lot of fun. Um, this group in general is a heck of a lot of fun, and I loved it. The only the only one again that I am fifty fifty on really is Hayden as the moose. In all honesty, but um, it's it, I I I mean overall it's a great performance. It just took a bit here and there to really like hear it and understand the direction that they were going with in this one. You're good, Jabal. Your turn. Alright, so again, it's out the way. Sandra Tor Shoebill. I kind of enjoyed the voice for what little she speaks. Yeah, she is expositioned up as, as she points out that our newfound friend is indeed a human. So, Shoebill, I kind of have to disagree. She is kind of a noticeable character, but mostly because of her intense stare at times. Yes. Yep. That stare. Which, <laughs> stare. which, which, that is kind of an intricate, intricate design with what they did with Shubin. That's kind yeah, of neat. Yeah, really is. Uh, yeah. Uh, some of this casting is kind of on the nose. Uh, Jade Saxton is Path of Chameleon. Of course, when I think Chameleon, I think voice acting Chameleon. And my brain defaults to Kata from Dragon Maid. So, it kind of sounds in that kind of tone as Kata. But also, she kind of speaks with a little bit of a Shakespearean dialect, too, for some reason. Because, like, I hear certain phrases, I'm like, huh? But yeah, it sounds a little Shakespearean to me, but she did a pretty good job. Uh, Cassie Ewulu is the white rhinoceros, again, on the nose, because it's sapphire, and sapphire is one of the strongest substances in the universe. So casting her as a strong animal who's very awkward, I was like, yeah, it's, I don't know if that, again, I don't know if that was intentional, but I see what you did there, Marissa. It sounded, very, it sounded very good. It sounded different than what I've normally heard her as, but it was very good. And as Andrew pointed out with Hayden as the moose, yeah, because it, because she is Canadian and I'm a big Rocky and Bullwinkle fan. Uh, although I found out this moose is Siberian, but that's a different story. And now for something you'll really like. Damn it, Andrew. All right, Rocky. Oh, okay. Now he got it. 
It's it's it, been a hot minute, minute since I've seen Rocky. But you got it. You got it, Jamal. I believe in you. Bye bye guess maybe because it's a Siberian moose, it's supposed to be that boisterous, or because it's a moose in general. And yeah, she is kind of a stubborn idiot, but yeah, I'm a big Rocky Bullwinkle fan. I can deal with that. I'm used to it. So I think for what it's worth, she did a pretty good job. Of course, the standout here is Crystal Laporte is the lie because the, the, the duality of the voice she has, because my god, like, that was something I was expecting when I first it's watched this. It's basically two different ends of the spectrum right there. I know, right? The fact that she has to flip that switch when she's not in cuff is kind of impressive. And especially when you get to episode 12, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah, 12. When she drops from the sky, she starts with a cute voice, then she turns around yes. and her deep voice just comes right. out. That, that one was very smart. And I really liked it a whole lot. And I think we're good to go here. <laughs> next. Before we move on to the next section, I would like to say one uh, fun fact about the okay. moose. Did yeah, you know that I know what you're going to say. What? I know what you're going to say. That female moose don't have atlas, right? Oh, no. I was just going to say that one of the moose's natural predators is the killer whale. What? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> they Killer whales eat swimming moose. Okay. They have found moose remains in killer whale stomachs. Huh. What the Interesting. I don't even know how a moose would ever get close to the ocean for a killer whale to get it. They can swim, Steph! I know that, but I wouldn't ever think it would go in the ocean, is what I'm saying. I mean, I'm gonna be real. I would it, I would it, never want to fuck with a moose. <laughs> there was, oh my god, there was this video. You that should we, never fuck with no, no, moose. No, there was this video that we found earlier, and Andrew showed it to me, of this guy recording two moose just fighting in this goddamn driveway. He's like, Mom, we need to call the police. Or the ASPCA or something. They're just like grappling, like, oh my god. It's great. Yeah, no, you don't fuck with moose. Ask ask my boyfriend. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are there moose in Maine? Yes, babe, there are moose in Maine. Oh, God, I'm scared for Christmas now. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Andrew. Let's go see. You better watch out. 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 Santa Moose is coming. Good damn it. General Moose is gonna fuck me up. Let's. <laughs> yes. Oh god, this is great. She said she was gonna come one v one, you bro. <laughs> oh god. Jamal, Unfortunately, only women are her target. So Steph, yeah. you better watch out. Better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. Andrew, you're going to... Hi there, welcome to the Kimono Friends Christmas special. <laughs> I mean, technically this episode is supposed to be Serval, out before the end of the month. Serval, Serval gets just Japari puns for Christmas because she's getting fat. Andrew, you're going to protect me from the moose, I'll right? protect you from the moose, baby, don't you worry. Let's move on. As he just runs away, leaves me to die. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Once again, before we move on, more shoutouts. This time, shout out to Marcy Teague, Leah Clark, Amanda Gish, Emily Fajardo, and Anais Quinones. Let's talk a triple triple P preview. Triple P preview. Yeah, so so originally I was going to head straight to the library, but I think let's take a detour and make our 
way to the wet waterfront area where we have the triple peak preview. And their manager. Hell yeah. Pop. Slash Fango. Hell yeah. Neither mutually exclusive. <laughs> yes. Mutually exclusive. We have the Fango, the Margate Cat, played by Kate the Glass, who's a very huge fan of Triple P, I guess since the day they debuted. We have the Royal Penguin Princess, played by Amanda Lee. We have the Rock Hopper Penguin Rocker, played by Morgan Berry. We have the Trend 2 Penguin Jed, played by Mega Shipman. We have the Humboldt Penguin Hulu, played by Kaylee Moose. That made fun. Played by Kaylee Mills. Oh, like, you also call Kaylee Moose? Moose. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kaylee Moose! What me, what me, bro? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody talked over me. I accidentally messed up Mills. Good job. Go ahead. And we have the Emperor Penguin Emperor played by Dot Bennett. Caitlin Glass, you've heard of this Retrieve Show by Rock. Amanda Lee, you've heard of this Pay Painted Show by Rock. Somehow I misspelled this, but Morgan Berry, you've heard of this Jacqueline in Show by Rock. Megan Shipman, you've heard of this Coriente in Show by Rock. <laughs> Kaylee Mi- <laughs> Mills, you have not heard this show by Rock, but she plays Keshi in the most Mononokian 2. And Donna Bennett plays I, show by Rock. Can I please so. say something before Andrew goes? What? Thank you for putting, picking Retchery as Caitlyn's performance, because they're both gay animals. Oh my god. No, I just love how he just went through show by Rock, show by Rock, show by Rock, show by Rock, not show by Rock, show by Rock, show by Rock, combo breaker. Look, oh, look, look, look. A new show by Rock season was announced. If the stars align, all I'm saying. But that's a show I'm ro- about tennis. I'm rooting for you, Kaylee. <laughs> but that's a and show then we about have to tennis backtrack. and child abuse. We have to backtrack and add Kaylee Mills was in show by Rock. Anyways, uh, so let's start with Caitlyn and Margay, which I knew the penguins were popular. I knew the penguins were going to be a thing. I did not know about Margay. I did not know Margay was basically a gay idol fangirl. And oh my god, the casting of casting Caitlyn Glass as the idol fangirl is... Chef kiss. Magnificite. Chef kiss. Oh my god. Uh, Also... Like, she's just really funny at imitating them, and also just the squeal. Yes. The squeal she makes is so freaking funny. It's just like, ah! Like, she goes really high-pitched, too. I did not know anything about this character. If you've ever heard Megan get, like, ultra-excited about something, that's about the most accurate representation of what it's that is. It's kind of the same level of squealing. Um, so let's go through the penguins. <clears throat> Uh, Dawn as Emperor. Uh, I love Dawn has a very diverse range in her vocal performances, and she has a lot of different kinds of Dawn she plays. This is, like, big girl, sexy, mature Dawn Bennett's voice. And I think it's actually, like, really cool, but it's also interesting to see Emperor try to, like, be the leader with confidence, but also, like, literally just can't deal with the pressure and just straight up goes blank. Like, I, I was wondering what was happening. It's like, oh, her face is going blank. Uh, but no, uh, Emperor is very fun. And Dawn, I like hearing Dawn's deeper voice. It's very enjoyable. 
Kaylee as Hululu is an airhead, and she's adorable, and she talks kind of like this, and she just wants a Japari bun, and I she, just want a Japari she bun. just wants to, she just wants to be friends with everybody, and she's great, and I almost said she's great, but that's a discussion for later. Um. Oh my. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. What? What'd you do? I said grape. Oh. oh I said grape. Anyways. Um. What'd you do? Pour one out. Do you know about grape? Poop? Wait. Does she not know about this? Do you not this? know about grape? Poop? I feel like I should. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is this, is this the cutout of Hululu that was in the? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I know. Pour one out for Grape Coon. Okay, so Grape the name of the penguin. Got it. Which apparently... Rest in peace, homeboy. Which I've discovered. There's apparently a lot of drama in the Japanese penguin <laughs> scene. I discovered there's apparently some, like, incest or something at one of the zoos or something. There's, what? There's some wild... Sh what? Oh, uh, what? There's some wild... Oh, my God. The... You know what? You know what? Andrew, keep talking about this. I'm Googling this. <laughs> okay. She no, it's a real thing. I saw oh, it today. Look it up. Um... Anyways, Megan Shipman as uh, Jet Gentoo. I honestly did do not remember this one too much out of all of them, but I think Megan's got a very good, sweet voice, and I enjoyed her a lot. Anyways, uh, Morgan Berry as Rocker uh, looks rocking. Uh, I love her design. Morgan Berry has this very cool voice to her, and she's very cool, badass, spunky voice that works really well for Rocker. And Amanda Lee as Princess is adorable and trying her best, and she's a really great idol group. And they spend a lot of the bloopers, like, making fun of her account, and it's really funny. <laughs> they made fun of Amanda Lee and her Patreon so hard. It was great. She's the reason I got demonetized. Uh, which is great. And, like, she's just yucking it up, like, oh my god. Amanda just didn't know how to this feel. This is the end of my career! No, but Amanda is actually great as Princess. She's fantastic. Like... She's a great lead for this, and I'm actually, like, they all do the part great. They all sing really well, too, by the way. Like, they're yes. all they're all natural singers, even Caitlyn, even though she doesn't sing. Uh, but, no, they all sing the Triple P song really, really good. I'm impressed. Good job. So, before I start my segment... Did you find it? <laughs> the sweet and tragic tale of Great Coon, the Penguin. Oh, my God. Once by Laura Allen from Weird Nature on Ranker. Okay. Once in a great while, a love story comes along that makes you reevaluate romance and life in general. The tragic tale of Grape Coon the Penguin is such a story. A Japanese penguin named Grape Coon lived in the, uh, with the other penguins of Tobo Zoo in Japan, but he was a little different from them. Having suffered heartbreak and loss, he turned his affection towards something that could never harm him. A promotional cutout of an anime character. <laughs> This bittersweet romance captivated the hearts of zoo-goers as well as the internet. In 2017, all those hearts broke as the news that dear Grape Coon had passed away. Grape Coon had a pretty normal upbringing. Uh, as far as penguins goes, Grape Coon's life is pretty an average one. He was born in 1996 at the Hamura Zoo in Tokyo and was given a purple band on his wing for identification purposes. The purple color gave him the name Grape and Coon was added on as an affectionate suffix. Um... Okay, he found a mate by the name of Midori and eventually had a chick named ha ha Hanpin who moved, moved to a different zoo. All in all, it seemed like the ideal normal family life for this penguin. Unfortunately, that all changed after the happy couple was moved to Tobu Zoo in 2007. It's, sweet, it's a sweet little fact that penguins usually mate for life. The word usually is included here because the case of Grape Coon the Penguin, that was not what happened. 
Grape Coon had been transferred to the Tobo Zoo with his mate, where the two had uh, where the two had their son, who was moved to another zoo. The sudden loss of the chick may have caused their relationship to suffer, but it was illness that caused a real problem. Grape Coon grew sick in 2010. He was already a somewhat older penguin, so he was separated from the others for treatment. In his absence, Midori, mate Midori, quickly took interest in a much younger na- male named Denver. Oh. By the time Grape Coon was returned. His former mate began to ignore him, and she was soon connected with the other, content with this other male instead. Oh. While infidelity is usually caused for social rejection in the group, the flock accepted the new couple, and Grape Coon was ostracized. Oh, no! Grape Coon was left alone for the first time in years. Luckily, this didn't last for long. As you might guess, Grape Coon was not doing well after his mate left him. His usual subgroup group was ignoring him, and his former mate was with someone much younger, and the pair... Even had a new son named Beer, who also lived in the enclosure. Grape couldn't stop eating, and his handlers had to actively feed him, since he wouldn't do it on his own. Things seemed at their worst until something amazing happened. Further promotion for the anime called Kimono Friends in April of 2017, small cardboard cutouts of cute characters dressed as different zoo animals were erected inside various animal enclosures. While most other penguins seemed happy to ignore most of these signs and cutouts, Grape Coon soon took a particular interest in the cutout of the penguin. This character was named Hulalu. The shy, the the girl looked shy, chibi, and was cute in a penguin cosplay outfit. The penguin seemed to be infatuated, staring at her for hours a day, eventually moving closer to her. Some people began to suspect that he was developing some sort of affection for the figure, a suspicion which he soon confirmed himself. One day, Great Coon was standing in front of the cutout. Okay, I can't read all of okay, this. But Essentially, he okay. began to court it, eat meals with the cutout. They tried to separate him. He got depressed. They put it back. The internet found out. Went absolutely insane. They kept the cutout. He ended up actually getting held by her Seiyu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he died. Oh, Grave Coon, no. Rest in, he died October 12, 2017. We've been two years without our humble Grave Coon. Um, God bless you, buddy. And... God bless you, buddy. And I would like to point out that in the spirit of TFS, um, they named their Piplup after him and their Pokemon, their Pokemon uh, Platinum Nuzlocke. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, great cool. But he was dead, so they named it Raisin instead. Aww. Oh, great cool. Okay. Wow. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jamal. I had to, we had. It was to. gonna come up at some point. I know. Right, let's get going. Yeah. Pour one out. Pour one out for Grape Coon, who we hope has been re. Okay, there was a really great comic about him being reincarnated into the world of Komodo friends and crying when he meets Hulu. Oh. And I don't know where that is, and I want to fucking die now. Anyway, Megan, talk about Triple P. Triple P preview. <laughs> um. So Caitlin Glass just channels every every horny lesbian <laughs> as Margay. It's in the name. She is fantastic. She is is literally literally one of like she is so entertaining as Margay. It is a lot of what I liked about her retro ray performance. Just take it up to eleven, and her squeals are great. And also when she has to imitate every other voice actress. I literally cannot tell if they had Caitlyn do that. I just had other people record it. Um, 
princess, uh, let's go, uh, emperor, she's, oh, using Don Bennett's big girl voice, and I always loved Don Bennett's big girl voice, I thought she was a lot of fun as emperor, uh, Kaylee Mills made me laugh, laugh my ass off more than enough times as Hulu, just because of the way that she says everything, because she kind of talks really slow, and, like, has kind of this, like, way of holding out her voice, and then she, the, this one of the part where she goes, goes, I guess that's what they call schadenfreude. You get that, but you don't get anything else today. <laughs> um, Megan Shipman as Gen is really cute. I I would not lie that Gen is the penguin that blended into the background for me. Sorry. Uh, Morgan Berry was great as rock opera because she is perfect as that like punk rocker. Like, oh yeah, look at me. I'm the hip one. And then Amanda Lee as princess really kind of seals the episode, not only with her singing, but with her personality. She's kind of the alpha penguin. And she gets to have that, like, alpha bitch moment. And then she realizes she's being a bitch. Is like, I'm so sorry, friendzos. Um, and I thought all of their singing together sounded fantastic. And uh, just remember, hell yeah, Big Chungus. <laughs> we, this one's called Despacito. Despacito. It's oh called I'm It's called the end of my career. <laughs> my personal favorite love- one is, is when she says I'm on a boat. She sounds like she's crying. <laughs> Pour one out for Chungus. Pour one out for Chungus. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. Oh boy. Are you good? Start with her too. Um, Caitlin is just so precious. She's like, Caitlin as Margate is the definition of a idol fangirl. Like to a T. It's fantastic. Her just squealing and like such excitement. Uh, But she's also very encouraging too. Uh, during the rough patch where Princess is just, like, mad at everything. And she's just like, But this is... But you guys are great. All of you are great together. And this and that. And it's like giving them the motivational speech that they didn't know that they needed but deserved. It was fantastic. Um, as for the five Triple P members, um, just to go through real quickly... Dawn is is big girl Dawn, which is fanta- always fantastic, um, and she's kind of funny as like the the trying to be like try- supposed leader, but she's not, and she's just kind of like lack of confidence, I guess, kind of deal. Kaylee Mills is Hulu, such a space cadet, and it's precious and adorable, and I love every second of it. Um, who else do we have? Who else do we have? Um. Lordy, uh, Megan Shipman also unfortunately got stuck blooding into the background with me, but otherwise than that, she was very, very cute and adorable. Uh, Morgan Berry is such a punk rocker as Rock Hopper Penguin, and it's just perfect, and I love every second of it. Uh, and then Amanda Lee as Princess, she's very precious. Very precious and adorable. Like, she also gets some good drama to work with, too. Oh, she it. absolutely does. She gets a really good story arc to her, and it's fantastic. Like, because the thing that we find out is Triple P was never included, uh, never included the Royal Penguin before in the Idol group. But when Princess was doing research at the library and learned about it, she wanted to like restart the group and have herself as be part of it because she just felt like she really wanted to belong to it, and that was just really interesting for a story, and I like it so much. As somebody who's watched, like, one season of Love Live Sunshine, it very much felt like an actual Love Live episode and, like, pacing and... It really yeah. did, as somebody who's watched all of Love Live Sunshine. Like, 
to a T. I'm impressed. Like it. But, uh, yeah. I also gotta say, whenever Triple P comes on to do the actual previews at the end of the show, it's such a fun time. Also, I love how they do them on Popsicle sticks. It's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is a fun section in general, and I loved every second of it. Pour one out for Chuggers. So it's my turn. Stop it! Yep. Damn it, Andrew! I almost thought you were gonna say pour one out for grape juice. I almost <laughs> thought you were gonna say no, that. No, it was Chuggers. I don't have any grape juice. <laughs> grape juice. No. Uh. Uh. But real quick. Uh. Caitlyn Glass is Margay. Perfect casting because who else to get the voice a big idol fat girl than the big idol fat girl herself? I wonder what Marissa had to do to sell out the show. Uh, okay, so we have these penguins here. They're kind of like the some of the love life characters. I was like, yeah, I'm in. It was very, it was very perfect casting, especially when she had to uh, imitate some of the penguins to, which I could still actually tell that was Caitlyn Glass, regardless. Like no matter how many, how well she may mimic them, which of course is important being the Margate cat because Margate's very good at mimicking. Uh, Morgan Bates, the rock hopper as rocker. Pretty good, she's doing the thing. Yeah, I ain't got no problem with that. Megan Shipman, she did not blend hard enough. I could still pick her out of the crowd. Even if she didn't get as much to do, she was still very good. Don Brennan is always impressive, especially using a big girl voice. She did this... Did, did, she did this... Fucking hell. She did display the... I believe the, you, Jamal. You can do it. You can use the words. Big words, I know. She did the, display the anxiety that... He, kind of usually get when you perform on stage and as someone who used to have stage fright believe me I can relate to that very easily uh Kaylee Mills is the odd one out for two reasons because when you pointed out that Shadow Ford line I learned that in the Japanese it Kaylee uh you almost call it Kaylee Hulu was talking about the uh, dialism and uh, thanks to Marissa's ingenuity and playfulness she manages to change that to Shadowford, which keeps the context of the original Japanese, but, it's but you know, it's just a different word. It's also the odd one out, because I have a hunch where this was recorded, because, as I said, she's in the Morose Mononokia too. If y'all remember, she actually came to Funimation at that point. I'm like, really? Just for that one role? I had a nope. hunch she was to tell for something else. Was like, Either way, cool. Yeah. Now we know. Knowing is half the battle. Madeline... No one is half the battle. What? No one is half the battle, which I badly had to know about this type of character because Princess, for all her research that she does, all the practices she does, I wonder how much of it I had to, have to relate to it because you know it felt so natural the way they they had to play up this idol group, this group of idol penguins. It was very neat. I also found out that she was the one that wrote the lyrics for Sky Dreamer. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. she said it was kind of difficult because one of the sections that was harder to write for was the talking section. And there's a lot of P repetition in song, so she had to break out oh, her Oh, yeah, swords. there's a lot of P phrases. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in Porest. Really? And speaking of P's... And speaking of P's, if y'all are interested later on, there's actually a music video for this featuring the same use of Triple P. Really cool. Nice. Yeah, which I'm going to check out at some point, but enough of that. It's time to end our little Triple P party. Pip up. 
We head into the hot space where we count the two foxes, the silver fox, voiced by Natalie Fantisti, and the extra red fox, voiced by Afi Yu, as they investigate cerulean sightings nearby as well as a bunch of sandstar ash. After we leave the hot breaks after a little crazy episode, we head into the forest lodge where we encounter the owner of the lodge, quote unquote, Capo Flicker, voiced by Yeti Ad, a manga writer, voiced by our script writer herself, Marissa Lenti, and the admirer of said manga, though she doesn't, she didn't realize it, the reticulated giraffe, voiced by Amber May. Lady Fantastic, you've heard this Rosa Canyon in Rio Rainbow Gate. Offer you, you've heard this Rio Nakamura in Assassination Classroom. Yet the end, you've heard this Allison Hart in Hot's Medicine, Doctor's Oath. Marissa Lenti, you've heard this The Ward in Momoko, Hyakushiki in Nabaka. And I'm amazed you've heard this Zoe in Honey Pop too. Okay. Alright. So, I'll go pretty quick with some of these. Uh, Campo Flicker, Yenien sounds pretty cute. Uh, the giraffe, uh, Amber sounds, does a good job being this wannabe detective, doing the best that she can, and also freaking the fuck out, realizing, oh no, I'm a big fan of your work, Grey Wolf, and the Grey Wolf. Uh, Marissa does a great job sounding like this very, uh, suave, like, deeper, t deeper, sultry-toned, uh, wolf character, but also she's hilarious at making up these stories where just like, <laughs> oh, I just did that just because I want to use your expression for reference. Thanks for your expressions. Yes. Uh, Natalie Van Sistine does a very interesting job at playing the Silver Fox. Uh, she does a very good job. She sounds very casual. I love the designs of the foxes in the show. I really enjoy like the their actual yeah. like aesthetic. They look very nice. Mm -hmm. The Silver Fox is pretty interesting. Natalie's got a very interesting voice that I actually really kind of enjoyed. I'd, I'd actually be down to hear her in some other stuff. And I feel like I should probably reference this. Uh, the buddy who I mentioned... Uh, who basically convinced me to blind buy Kimono Friends. Uh, his name's Gott. We've referenced him on uh, some other episodes in 4. He, like, two years ago, before this was even a concept of a dub, he actually made, like, a full show dub. He oh, made a full yeah. show dub prediction list. He predicted, like, Dallas-based Funimation people for every character in the show. He got every single one of them wrong, but one. And that one is the Ezo Red Fox, as played by Afia Yu. Really? Which, That's yeah, hilarious. Yes, he got one right, which I'm still proud of you for that, buddy. Which, Afia is great, she's adorable, and I love her as the little gamer fox. She's Nerd! She's, such, she's great. Also, can we talk about Megan? I forgot what the line was. Did, don't they drop a Kingdom Hearts thing in there? In the bloopers, yeah, they they do. It's, a uh, Serval goes, Why does Roxas look like Ventus? <laughs> Oh, God bless. No, but Afia sounds great as the good little gamer fox girl, and she's very cute and adorable, and I really like the designs of the foxes a lot. Anyways, I'm done. Let's go. You're laying back down like I'm going to nap now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go sleep. I'm going to go sleep right sleep. here. Um, uh, I'll do this in reverse order. Uh, Campo Flicker, uh, Yenion sounds really cute and really adorable. Um... I think just by the nature of the show being episodic, she's not a performance I remember very much, and I literally just watched that episode. Um, it's it's just, it's she fits into the ensemble really well. I think that she is somebody who I wouldn't mind hearing more from in other things. 
Uh, Marissa Lenti as Grey Wolf is great. She is kind of that big older girl voice and when when they ask her about like what she's drawing, if it's a copy, she's like, no, it's manga. The only thing I could think of in that exact moment is it's called hentai and it's art. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know why my brain thought of that in that your moment. your brain is horrible sometimes. It's a reference from the office. I know. <laughs> A show I've never I know, watched. Still. <laughs> la 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 la. Uh, la, 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 anyway. la it's called mm-hmm. hentai and it's mm-hmm. fucking art. God, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Please let me go to sleep. Oh um, snap! No, I really like Rosalinti. Uh, I really loved Amber May's reticulated giraffe. I. I thought she was fun. I thought she did a, kind of a bigger girl voice without doing the fat thing. Uh, I also would like to shout out Howard and Marissa for putting in a fucking case closed joke. Yes! You yes! noticed that too? I noticed that. Yes, I do! Yeah. I noticed that. One truth how prevails, you, hell, bitches. Hell, hell yeah, case closed. I love I love Jimmy Kudo. Hell yeah. Um, good good shit. Good shit. Yeah, like, I'm I'm old enough to remember what Case Fuck Clothes yeah. is and how it used to be on the Funimation channel all the fucking time. That shit used to be on um, Adult Swim all the fucking time. Fucking time. <laughs> Listen here, some of us had the Funimation channel in which you got to watch three shows, four shows every day. Case Clothes, Negima, Spiral, and, and uh, Suzuka. What an interesting lineup, wow. <laughs> Literally, it was just those shows. And then eventually they added, like, Moon Phase... Uh, Sasami's Magical Girls Club. I was over at a friend's house once. I think Bamboo, Bamboo Blade was on. I just remember that's how I... Specifically, that's how I used to watch Spiral. Um, and then Natalie and Afia were also two of my other, like, really favorite performances in the whole show. And it's actually because of how their, their vocal chemistry works. Afia kind of as the, like, more childish, uh, higher voice... And Natalie as the lower, more mature voice. Uh, I would definitely want to hear Natalie in more shows, uh, in more leads. I thought she was great as Silver Fox. I thought that Afia was adorable as Gamer Fox. It, uh, it was a role that I was like, yep, this is 100% the Afia character. Yeah. Uh, and she was absolutely adorable. And I loved when she's just like, I don't want to go back outside. I just want... But what about my... I just love how she's literally every every kid ever, but mom, what about my games? It's very true. Also, I completely... Mom, I can't, mom, I can't pause League of Legends. <laughs> I gotta play. Mom, I can't... Mom, I'm trying to evolve my... I'm trying to... I'm trying to catch a Wolu. Shut up. Silver, it's my turn anyway. to play the Xbox. <laughs> Silver, it's my turn to play the Xbox. Anyway, uh, I'm good, Steph. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, boy. See if my brain is not too tired to remember these. Got this. Oh, um, children, don't do production shows and things like that where your production includes a loadout that makes you leave at, like, 12.30 and get you home in an hour, which means I almost went to bed at 2 o'clock this morning. Anyway, tangent over. That's when I normally go to bed. Look here. <laughs> Shut up. Um, anyway. Oh, where can I start? I'm gonna talk. God, no, stop. So, where should I start? Let's start with Campo Flicker. Uh, Yenny Ann is very cute and adorable. She's very nice and just calming. She's very caring and she she has that nice customer service personality because she cares about her inn. 
her little lodge and making sure everybody's fine and nothing's haunting and everything. Um, Grey Wolf. <laughs> oh, Marissa. My favorite part about Marissa's Grey Wolf was every single time she would tell those scary stories. And she sold it hard. Just, she sold it just to get expressions for, as like research and like models for her manga. It was the greatest thing. But yeah. Considering the considering the character dynamics in the episode particularly, um, Marissa having that lower tone voice and also like being capable of having like that spooky atmosphere when telling those stories, I just love every second of it. Uh, giraffe Amber May is just <laughs> Jesus Christ, she's so over eager. It's like I know what you are. You're a goat. <laughs> dun dun dun. Oh my oh god. God. Serval's <laughs> so surprised. Oh my god. I'm not a goat. Yes, you are. You are lying to me. You're a goat, damn it. Um, she's just she's just very gung-ho and passionate and wanting to be a detective. But she also just doesn't think. <sighs> she's 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 got a screw loose. She's got a little bit of a screw loose. She's got a little bit of a screw loose. She doesn't walk into <sighs> stupid situations like prairie dog or in this case I'm about to touch you golden retriever sitting on my futon <laughs> hello but um yeah she's very adorable and then Nat uh, Natalie and Afia as the two foxes this is a nice combination again because these are two different tones of voices that play off of each other very well uh, between the two though I really really loved Afia because she's just like she's just so she's like sick of everything it kind of sounds like she's like but i want to play my video games god it's like i don't want to do that and some of the gaming references she makes in there too like what was it when she was talking to fenko fox and raccoon um she was just like you need to shouldn't you take some kind of mass weapon with you and then not, Silver Fox is just like, you need to stop playing your video games. I'm like, I'm no. I don't wanna. It was great. Um, yeah, all of these are a lot of fun for sure. But um, I have to give props to Marissa because she just convincingly makes, like, spooks people out. It's great and I love it. She's spoopy. She's spoopy. Marissa's spoopy. Alright, I'm good. <sighs> Alright, starting with the foxes. Uh, that even I like to voice very well. If I get to talk about it, don't talk thank you. So, it's kind of weird though, because I don't hear her voice as often. She kind of reminds me of a... Let's just say who, the person who voices Brian who we'll get to in a second. Because she's kind of a boss in comparison to Red Fox, which I feel you is pretty much, like you said, Megan, like... Every kid ever just wanted to play the video games and stuff. Like, they doesn't really want to get out of their room or anything. I find that Afia captured that very well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Capo Flicker. Yeah, she does have that hospitable kind of voice. That uh, It just kind of remains constant even when she's scared throughout. Because, you know, of all the mystery going around, to which we'll get to in the last section. Uh, Marissa Letty's Grey Wolf, that's not only on point casting, it's on the nose casting, because I found out Marissa used to be a creative writing major, and has done some fiction and some poetry in the past. Of what? You, good luck asking her. You may never know. <laughs> so it was kind 
She has that other locking key, so... <laughs> but yeah, so, playing this character is kind of like, I guess, true to herself as well. To the point, she also tried to cosplay her as well. That would... I would have loved to have seen that. Come on, Marissa. I mean, there's a pit. I there's really want to cosplay her... as Kaban still, so... Nope. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to do it for Anime NYC, and then I just ran out of time. So anyway, obviously, Marissa was a natural choice for playing the Grey Wolf. Abbeman's reticulated draft, I will admit, I did confuse uh, the first time I watched this as a person who voices the monkey. Because I thought, wait, am I in the right section? <laughs> but yeah, Abbeman, she manages to make draft very over-eager... To the point, like, I don't know, she makes the moose look smart a little bit, but I, I thought that was very nice. And yeah, that uh, case closed line. That was great. <laughs> that made everything I all picked the more up funny. on it, and Andrew didn't even <laughs> realize it until I said it. He's like, you need to write that down. I'm like, oh, I fucking am. And I wrote it down in my notebook. Yeah. I know with Marissa surrounded, like, she inspires to, like, I guess to achieve the level of the Digimon the movie in the sense. Uh, yeah, trust me, when you see Digimon the movie, you'll make sense at one point. But yeah, she aspires to achieve that level. So are you saying like, one we can, week like, is going to be in one of her dubs one of these days? Andrew! It's no! One week no. since you And then me. there's copyright. No, Andrew. Nah, copyright's the song. I didn't sing the whole thing, we're fine. But if she's singing it, you never fucking know. I was talking about in terms of references. No, I know what you meant. I was just being aside. a smartass, that's what I do. He's always being a smartass. Come on, Jamal, we've known him forever. And you didn't slap him no, again? Not for, not for this Anyway. <laughs> Can Steph slap me instead? But, Can you... Ow! <laughs> that was me. That was That, that was, was me. Sent- like, her, her tailbone. Oh. The slap energy went into the tailbone. <laughs> anyway, everybody did very well in, these, in episodes 9 and 10. And a shout out to Allison Victorin, who was charming as the capybara in the show. As we leave the Forest Lodge, we head into the harbor, where we encounter a tribe that's battling a black cerulean that's voiced by Chris Guerrero, who we're not talking about tonight, but... The only man. confirmed male actor in all of this Game is of true. <laughs> the Seiyu for the character the, is uncredited, not- so Guerrero's the only credited one. The Seiyu... <laughs> The series for the characters are credited because apparently I found out they even had the option of using sound effects or an actual voice actor. They used sound effects in the Japanese, apparently. That's no fun. I I, I have to double check, but I think that's that's it. Also, I have to point this out. You know those um, animal facts that are basically the bumpers for commercial breaks kind of thing? Yes. So Chris Herrera is one of them at one point. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's, the, isn't he the one for the beaver? I don't know which one he is, but he's labeled yeah. as a commodity yeah. yeah, he enthusiast. Is. <laughs> so is Jim oh, yeah. Rondo. Yeah. But that just was hilarious that he, that he was labeled as that. Yeah, no, Chris Guerrero apparently is like a huge Komodo Friends fan, and I respect also, him for Also, I did not, kn- also, I was, I also respect him for like some of the fucking funniest bloopers in the whole show that nobody oh talks about. Amber Wine. My wife. Kawaii. Kawaii. Also, and of course, my wife. No, 
the other thing I want to point out with the animal facts, um, Alejandro Saab is one of them too. Yeah. And I actually didn't know he used because to, yeah. he used to work. Yeah, in I a know. Zoo. I didn't. I didn't know he, vol- he used to volunteer for a zoo. That was actually. There's cool. apparently a story or something where he saved a kid from a giraffe. Is there really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, apparently the giraffe. The giraffe slapped the kid out of a mother's head or something like that. It was something I heard. Oh in, my in god! Few. Now I have to hear this story. Giraffes, giraffes are cool as fuck, though. I, I, I'll send you the Hell YouTube yeah. link later. <laughs> anyway. Hell yeah! I love. Anyways. Love Hell yeah! Anyways, moving on. Anyway, so we so we kind of tried to disbanded the Black Cerulean, and the tribe consists of the Golden Stubnose Monkey voiced by Michelle Rojas. The Brown Bear, voiced by the CEO of Sound Cadence, Emily Connors, and the African Wild Dog, voiced by Danielle McRae. Michelle Rojas, you've heard it as Koyagami New Game. Emily Connors, you've heard it as Satua Hozuki in Kono Oto Tomare. And Danielle McRae, you've heard it as Pain Wheels. Ah, I love. Okay, I was wondering if you were going to go for Scroll Girls for that one. Dope. Uh, anyways, uh, Michelle Rojas is my favorite, favorite voice actor for Goku. By Thank the way, you. Thank what, you. What's, what's funny about that, Meg, is I got the joke because I knew you were referencing Commander Friends. I just didn't see the bloopers until last night. Uh. The bloopers are fantastic. FYI, I would like I would like to point out, and Jamal can get a screen cap of this, that um, if you didn't know because you don't live in America, we have a giant parade on Thanksgiving in New York put on by Macy's. Yes. And one of the balloons for the last two years has been... Uh, it's from some small independent series called uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. I mean, Dragon Ball Z of a character named uh, San Giku. San Giku. Uh, he goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> um, no, oh, so there's a Super Saiyan Blue Goku Goku balloon that goes through, and every year we get to like we get to listen to NBC fucking books. It's great. Right? It's, it's kind of awesome. great. It's amazing. God bless um, So so this year, being the smartass that I am. Uh, the exact moment that Goku went over uh, Herald Square, I put an all tweet. I put an all caps tweet out that just said, "That's not Golden Snub Nose Monkey." I've been like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh my god, I didn't see that." So, now I have to find because it. because uh, because remember, Megan hates Dragon Ball. She's, you have gone on record and saying that you are not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, okay, so I'll go, I'll say this: this trio, this trio of hunters, Michelle Rojas, Serval could beat Goku. Michelle, God damn it! Serval could beat Jiren. <laughs> Michelle Rojas and Danielle McRae. Um, they do a very good job, though I don't think they get as much to do. The one who gets the real meat and potatoes is Amberly Connors for Brown Bear, who actually does a pretty good amount of stuff. She does some really good action stuff. And actually gets to interact with, like, Serval and a lot of the characters pretty well. And is a big player in that final battle. Which, I still cannot believe the finale of Kimono Friends was a straight-up shonen finale. Everyone's here. All the warriors. Like, holy shit. Are you for real? But yeah, Danielle McRae, I really don't get to talk about as much. But she's a really good actress. And I love getting to talk about her when she does. So even though I don't have much to say about the wild dog, I'm glad she's here. Because she's a great actress. Uh, Michelle Rojas, big fan of her work. <coughs> uh, Amberly Connors, as fantastic as Brown Bear. And yeah, I can say uh, her studio really put in a lot of love and effort into this dub. And I think Brown Bear does some good stuff. Anyways, moving on. Uh, my turn. Um... 
I, for one, think Michelle Rojas is, in fact, the de facto Goku voice now. Um, <laughs> there is only one. I think she. there can only be one, and Golden Sumnose Monkey is the true Goku. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. I think Michelle Rojas did a fantastic job here. I think that they, they played the character uh, as a warrior, but not, like, over the top, like General Moose. Like, there's a difference between being a warrior and being, like, an actual warrior who's seen death and blood and cerulean guts. Um, Danielle McRae as African Wild Dog, uh, didn't really stand out too much to me, but I thought she was an enjoyable performance. Uh, Amber Lee Connors as Brown Bear was really good, and I thought that she was really compelling for, like, the two episodes that she shows up, and where she's just basically like, no, fuck all y'all, you, y'all are gonna die, and it's like, also, we need you to not fuck the plan up, bitch. Like, let me control things. I think she played the general very well. Uh, I also like how Komodo Friends goes from, like, show- Like, 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 character death shown in ultra saving to gay amusement park time. Um, Super happy fun time. With that being said, I thought- Super happy fun time. I thought the, the these three ladies, uh, did a really great job. Uh, I also think these three ladies did a fun job. Uh, Danielle McRae, uh, I- <laughs> See, here's my thing. A lot of these actresses I have never heard of before because I don't play video games. She's done a couple of anime like roles too. I think she's in the second season of Boggy as well. And she's appeared in the sentence of a book. Boy. Is she? Yeah. Cool. That is a dub. I need to check out soon. Still, my point still stands. Um, but um. I did like her as African Wild Dog. Um, African Wild Dog didn't have as much to do compared to. Golden snub nose monkey or brown bear though, especially brown bear. To which Emily Connors, hell yeah, she feisty. She want to kick your ass, and I love every she second. She want to kick of your ass, but she also cares about her friends. Yep, she cares about her friends, even though she she does in the whole you shouldn't be here kind of method. She thinks she's tough, but she's full of honey when she doesn't realize it. I would smack you. But you know what? You right. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like, Amber as Brown Bear takes no prisoners. And it's great. And it's just so tough, kick-your-ass kind of performance, and I love it. And then Golden Snub-Nosed Monkey, Michelle is adorable. I love Michelle Rojas. She's... <laughs> Sorry, I have to also repeat a blooper from Serval. <laughs> hey, Brown Bear! Hey, Goku! <laughs> Get in the bus! <laughs> we gotta... Brown Bear! Goku! Get in the we bus! Um, we gotta go! But, um, get in, losers! We're killing Cerulean! <laughs> but um, Michelle's snub-nosed monkey is actually a lot of fun as well. Um, and she's very just kind and sweet. And she's like, aw, Brown Bear, you actually do care. And Brown Bear's just like, I do not shut up. <laughs> shut up, sn- shut up, monkey. But, um... Yeah, these three are very solid, and I enjoyed them as well. Well, I echo that sentiment, because of the three. I mean, Michelle Rojas, I enjoy your voice all the same. They get as much to do, uh, voice-wise, really. Uh, Danielle McRae, I've only heard of her, because I've seen Andrew retweet stuff for Skullgirls in the past, I think. Yeah. But But she is somebody I would like to know more as a voice actress. Of course, the standout here is at barely Carter. Oh, God uh, damn it! <laughs> Fuck you! He's been waiting all night to make this, hasn't he? 
It's like right there in front of your God nose. Damn it. <laughs> it's right in front of your snub nose. Andrew. Oh, fuck. Now I've. I walked right into that, that one. one. Yes, you did walk into that one. You set him up for a terrible. <laughs> Andrew, you wild dog. <laughs> it's supposed to be quiet hours in my building now. Shush. It's almost. It's eleven o'clock. It's supposed to be quiet. We have made several puns this evening. I love you, fucks. Happens to stand out. She show. She can show she's very caring when you know she just tried to hide it. And that that's a very common trait I've seen in a lot of roles lately. Man, she does pretty good. Everybody did pretty good in this role. And one final group of shoutouts goes to Lindsay Shepard, Chris Guerrero, and Alex Moore. Who, despite having a named character, the characters not show up on screen. Alright, now we get to the main characters of the evening. Of course, a couple of these have been behind the scenes. The others you mostly see in the end previews. We have the professor, who's a northern white-faced owl. And her assistant, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, voiced by Kimberly Ann Campbell and Brit April. Uh, pretty much both of them are kind of kind of help out around the park, with, help out certain friends with certain tasks they need, exchange They're for the rewards. and they also yeah. might have concert tickets from time to time. <laughs> and backstage passes. They also kind of trick Kaba and Sovo because they were the only ones to ever complete the maze. Mm -hmm. just, just to help them out, just to make them That's some food. That's pretty funny. No, no, no. The best part. <laughs> what about all the other animals who had to have their tasks completed? Oh, we just let them ha let them go. It's fine. It's like, we just help them. Like what? Yeah. P pretty much, they were looking for somebody who yep, could read. That, that was, was the whole thing. <laughs> because they're assholes. Aren't all birds? <laughs> just, just Canadian geese. Oh fuck geese! And there's a geese Kimoto friend. Canadian. Like, they're probably the ultimate trash. It's wife the most overpowered. They're like the over most overpowered one of all because, as we know from uh, from Tier Zoo, that geese are overpowered. Yes. Would a kimono geese friend just be an, just be like uh, the fucking? <laughs> you mean Renge? The Ojo Sama? Yes. You mean Renge? Basically, they would be an Ojo Sama, and they'd also look like a female version of Arcata. Let's let's continue this discussion before I sit on the cross <laughs> any longer. We love you, Ark. Yes. Hi, Ark. We also, yeah. We also have Raccoon, who's kind of eager to look for a missing hat, I guess, because I guess it has some Supposedly memory for her. Stolen. To the point to the point, she's kind of over-eager, kind of idiotic with the situation. She's so gung trash panda. She, she, gets ahead of her, she gets ahead of herself constantly, to the point that uh, Fennec Fox has to tell her at every move, you know. You're an idiot. Just, yeah, she kind of has to keep some common sense between the two, because, I don't know, I guess in some ways, it's kind of like when you have to control your best friend to prevent him from doing something really stupid, you know? <laughs> you set yourself up for that one, Andrew. <laughs> Good job. Of course, Raccoon is being played by Madeline Morris, and the Fennec Fox is voiced by Alexis Tipton. Kimberly Ann Campbell, you've heard her in other voices. Hina and Hunter Hunter, when Goku and Hunter Hunter, the last mission. And that's ID and Carol Tuesday. But April, you've heard this Ritsu in Assassination Classroom, and then they soccer a new game. Madeline Morris, you've heard in other roles such as Sophie in Garo Fashion Line, and El Chitada Dioka. 
And that's just tip to you for this choo-choo's show by rock at Kofuku, the Noragami franchise. I like how you keep going back to show by rock whenever you can. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Uh, okay, so I'll start with the owls. Uh, Bryn April is adorable playing the stoic, sassy assistant that really bounces off of the professor. And she does a very good job. And her and Kimberly have this really great dynamic. And Kimberly... She's really interesting. I really liked uh, hearing a lot of her work in Hunter Hunter. I think she plays like a small character in the Chimera Ant arc, but she's a lot of fun in that. And she's also got a really cool hood, got a really cool hat in that show. But she's really cute and really fun in that. And she's really cute and stoic, but brainiac, but also kind of sassy and evil too. Because it's like we want food, we want food. It's like. And I love at the end when they're having this whole concert thing where they're interviewing Kaban, like, you're the hero. How do you feel about this? Get on with this. We want to eat our food. But then you just hear sort of, oh, but you're already eating. Because they are already eating. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, Kimberly, like, I don't get to hear. We, go, we haven't gotten to talk about it, I think, on the show yet. But Kimberly's got a really interesting voice. And I actually really think she's fantastic as the professor. And her and Bryn play off each other very well. And speaking of playing off each other, Alexis Tipton and Madeline Morris. Alexis Tipton is this nice, cool, like, balanced friend. It's like, oh, she's, like, the one in control of the two besties. And she's like, oh, okay, this is happening. I'll help you out. She's kind of amused at the antics of her other friend, which, oh, my God, Madeline Morris as as the common raccoon is so, 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 so good. I'm going to say there are a couple of actors and actresses this year who I feel have really had a chance to stand out and really make a name for themselves this year. I feel if there's one actress who I feel had a really big year to really stand out for themselves, it was Madeline Morris. And she is so, so great as the raccoon. And she is delightful. And I love how she starts chasing Cobb on at the end. It's like, I got my hat back. And it's like, oh, that's the great Kaban, the one you were singing the praises about. And you're like, oh, he's so cool. It's like, oh, oh, <laughs> you can have your hat back. I guess. I guess. I want and my she's hat. She's so cute and she's great. And she's this little sassy trash panda. And I love how it's like, they can't say common raccoon because that just sounds stupid in English. But it's just like. A thing that's apparently, that was mentioned in one of the commentaries we were listening to, is that they like to give, make her say, it's common knowledge. Yes. Which I'm like, okay. Thank you, Howard. Yes. That's a really cute way of going about it. But yeah, no. Madeline's super er, feisty and sassy, and Alexis is very calm and reserved, and they make a great dynamic duo. And I enjoy all of these four immensely. So I'd like to point out that now I realize that Northern White-Faced Owl is the owl that they have on the base in Sound of the Sky. Really? That's what that is! I was like, oh, that's just the owl from Sound of the Sky that can look- That Have you ever seen a video called the Transformer Owl? No. Look up Transformer Owl, and I think that's what that is. Did Jackson Um, tell you that? But- Or did you just fuck- no, I think I picked that out on my own. I don't need Jackson to tell me all my Sound of the Sky. <laughs> He's the one that tells me most of mine. Sound of the Sky please dub one. Um, please and thank you. Sound gated. Um, uh, I really like Kimberly and Bryn as the owls. Uh, I'm not going to lie that I can't tell them apart. Yeah. Um, I like that they are like cryptic, creepy, soft-spoken assholes. 
because I, I just love that they're like, you fucked up. This is delicious. We're not eating it. Nope. I also just love that it's like, most friends just gave up and came through the fence. You can read, therefore we're not just giving you information. You gotta work for it. Uh, I also love that- I also love that they're the first two owl- the first two friends to come attack Chris Guerrero. Good for them. <laughs> of all, all of the people, it's like, oh, it's you two. It's great. Um, but yeah, no, I- I- there is a- like, I can't tell them apart very easily if you- like, if I turned my head away. Uh, which kind of actually plays into, like, the weird, creepy, we are Siamese aspect That is very true. Oh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, but I thought they were both really great. And then, uh, let's talk about me and Steph as anima- animals. <laughs> For Steph is the Fennec Fox to my oh, raccoon. Oh, I would be. I oh would be Fennec Fox. Oh my god, you're right. I would be Fennec Fox. Fuck. I would be. I am as dumb as I am as dumb as Raccoon is sometimes. I would be Fennec Fox. Except for I'm also like ten times dirtier, dirtier mouthed. Um, I think, like Andrew said, like this has really been the year of Madeline Morris. Yeah, um, she has been in so many shows and a lot of them comedies. Yes. Uh, playing them with much aplomb, and then she's my girl, Frederica Greenhill. Fuck yeah. Um. I love you as Frederica Greenhill. Uh, I love that Raccoon literally sounds like she's screaming every line that she fucking has. Because she's like... Raccoon sounds like a a high schooler hopped up on sugar. (laughs) In the best way possible. In that she's also dumb as a sack of rocks because... She's that girl who thinks they're smart when they're actually fucking stupid. And I love the way that she is so overstated next to uh, how understated Alexis is. Alexis is just like, yeah, no, look at you go. Like, super sarcastic, super underwhelming. Like, you only kind of catch it in those previews how pretty much she's like, I'm just here to get paid. Hell yeah. I'm just here so I won't That's get fined. Like she's saying you're doing amazing, sweetie, but the camera's not even on and still has the lens cap on. No, she's that meme of taking the selfie in the pool while Raccoon is drowning. It's like Raccoon, go help Raccoon. That's not about. That's what not a what's wonderful important day. Right now. She's drowning. This isn't about her. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I really loved all four of them. So yeah. Okay. So where do I want to start with this? Also, my sister one hundred percent posted that video of the two moose fighting in the driveway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi Leah. Don't fuck with Moose. <laughs> Hi Leah. I know you don't watch this, babe. When we go to Maine, you're not allowed to fuck with Moose. I won't fuck with Moose. I'll pet cows. I won't. We fuck. are not gonna pet. Did cows. you just say? Please don't say. Did you just say? Please don't fuck, fuck a moose? with Moose. Oh, I heard fuck up. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh, no. Okay. I, I, I was like, there's, there's, there's multiple ways to get maple syrup, and that's not one of them. Maple syrup doesn't even involve moose to begin with. Moose looks like one of those animals that would just smell really bad. It does. They oh, do. God. They do. But we are also not petting cows. We've gone over this. I can't take this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work under no, no, these no, no, conditions. No. Just so you know, so you understand. So... At my grandmother's house down the street, there it, uh, her neighbor has um, a, actually like a little farm, and they have cows. They're like, they're dairy farmers, 
So, Andrew, when I was staying up there one time, he was like, you know what you should do? I'm like, what? You should go pet the cows. I'm like, I'm not gonna go pet the cows. I'll be trespassing over there. He's like, but you're gonna pet the cows. And then there was one point where I was on the phone with my grandmother. He tells my grandmother, you should tell her like, something about like me petting cows. And she's like, oh yeah, she should definitely go pet the cows. I'm like, god damn it. Don't encourage her. <sighs> um, I think I'm gonna start with the two owls. Because they are smart and in, they are the smart birds. They are the smart burbs. But, um, what I like about them is, like Megan was saying, they kind of have a little bit of a sarcastic tone to them. Uh, and it's, it's kind of great. And it, they just, like, f basically messing with Kaban and Serval so much. Just like, oh yeah, we wanted some, we made you go through the maze. Like, what? Why? You helped, you let everybody else go through. It was like, oh, we, we were hungry. We just wanted f this thing called cooking. <laughs> and it's just, they're both just very interesting. Um, I can kind of agree with Megan that they are both very difficult to tell apart. However, having more knowledge of Bryn's range, um, the small twinges I can pick up on very easily. Um, as to being her natural... <sighs> as, it f as it's her natural tone of voice. Um, as for... Megan and Steph the anime. Um, so Madeline Morris is just so energetic and hyperactive as the raccoon. She's just like, I need the, I need to get this thing that was stolen from me. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. But then she's just hearing more stories and telling these stories about the great Kaban. And just so energetic and so much fun. And then the Fennec Fox. What I love, I think, the most about the Fennec Fox, and I think Megan touched upon this briefly, was this, like, oh, no, kind of attitude. Like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that, raccoon, why? <laughs> like, literally, Steph, when she watches me go to instantly. an anime con. <laughs> it's pretty. Megan, no, stop spending your money, you dumbass. Ooh, that's funny. <laughs> Whoops. Um... But yeah, those two are an interesting pair to see bounce off of each other, especially because the majority of their performance is actually at the end after the credits, because they are following Serval and Kaba, and they're just backtracking. <sighs> they're backtracking and following in the same path and direction that the two of them have taken, so they're interacting with a good amount of the characters that we already discussed. It's... <laughs> their, their, their interactions and their little journey and adventure is just kind of fun, because... Because Fennec Fox is just, she's the logic brain, like the logic side of someone's brain in the group, while Raccoon's just like, I gotta go, I gotta go. It, it's like the feral trash brain. Pretty much. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're both really fun, and same with the um, same with the professor and her assistant. So all four of these characters are a lot of fun. Okay, so started with the owls. I guess you could say they were. Whoo! God damn it! Not again. <laughs> uh, for context, I can actually kind of tell the two apart because a I'm more familiar with Bridge Rage as well, and b Bridge the brown owl, Kimberly's the white owl. Just throwing that out. Well, even then, their voices are rather similar. Just, just. Saying. Anyway. They did, they did a very good job playing, I guess, essentially Siamese Owls. Yeah, it's kind of creepy how it comes off at first, but then you uh, kind of understand the motivations, as they will. So that was very nasty, just tricked them. 
is to cook your food, like, I, but I guess it kind of makes sense, because, you know, what was it, what was it said? Yeah, because they're animals, they didn't think this far, so. But they did a pretty good job with the owl, uh, as for a raccoon, I mean, that is not a shy raccoon, we know she's kind of gung-ho, but she's not a sly nope. raccoon either, like, because raccoons is, because raccoon is kind of dumb, it's like, She's just pretty much, I guess, chasing invisible trails. Somehow managing to get into get reaching the car bar, and then all of a sudden, it's like she doesn't realize that the person she's praising and the person she's chasing are one the same. She's a good girl. She's and just then, very and, dumb. I am so yeah. smart. I am so smart. SMRT. I mean, SMRT. It's that one Gundam. <laughs> it's that one Gundam meme of I am a genius. Oh no. I, I, I will admit, over the past year, it kind of caught Maddie fever because I've been enjoying her performances a whole lot throughout the you year. You might need to get that checked out. But! Damn it, Andrew. Trust me, if the hot Texas sun couldn't carry me at A-Fest, what do you think will? But yeah, Maddie yeah, did a very good job in this role, I mean. And of course, every Sly Fox is not without the common leader. Uh... Alexis Tipton is Fennec Fox. It's weird because it's not the usual Alexis Tipton role I kind of hear because Fennec Fox kind of has, sounds like she has the sass of Jamie Markey with the stock of Ian Sinclair. And you can kind of hear it at times too if you pay what? real close That's attention. That's an interesting I'm like, description. Yeah, that... That's why it kind of picked up on the beginning. Cause oh no, they're really cute. Dr. Stone plushies and I want them again. <gasps> Megan, I want to see them right now. Okay. If there's a chrome, it's mine. <laughs> I love... <coughs> there Hell is yeah! <laughs> Sorry. Come on, we're almost done. We can do this. <laughs> yes, we can, we can do this. Please focus. But, but I think Alexis did a very good job. It's a very unique, it's a very unique performance coming out of it. I thought everybody did very well. To the point I may have tried to convince Madeline to cosplay raccoon, but that's just me. Oh boy. Also, real quick, something. Also, real quick, I, something interesting I found out. You know how you were talking about that her catchphrase yes. is common knowledge. It kind of stemmed from the Japanese a little bit. Like it had, it was a nanota. They translated to his common knowledge just to play up the common part. But Howard also realized she could, she, he could make it say, "Yeah, no duh." And I thought that was very clever. Yep. Yep. Anyway, these animals are getting restless and we're approaching the we're end. We're almost now. at our destination finale. I'm eating my yes. own tail. <laughs> but we're not but we're not but we're not necessarily gonna like what we see there because because we get to our two main characters, Kappa and Servo. We're carrying each other in Savannah, and as you learned by the end of the episode, spoiler alert, Carbon herself is a friend who was reincarnated from a strand of hair that was in a hat. Supposedly, if you pay attention, I think it supposedly belongs so, okay, to Okay, if you, if you, it, it, it is. If you paid attention, because the thing about. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing about Sandstar Ashes, it was during the explosion. I guess PG 13 version of Pompeii, if you will. That <laughs> that once that star explodes, when it attaches itself to organic matter, it becomes a friend. When it attaches itself to inorganic matter, it becomes a cerulean, somewhat. 
Twitch. Thank you, commentary. I could not look at Chris Grill ever again without thinking of Black Forest God Hair. damn man. it. So you realize, come on, maybe a reincarnation of Mariah, who used to be keeper at the park, up until the Sandstar explosion happened, a Saruni invasion took over to the point they were eventually forced it, out. This is legit. You also like realized that... Shit. It's kind of fascinating. You also realize that Mariah is somewhere in Servo's past, to which would explain how she somewhere has the knowledge of Japanese words, because the whole thing with Kabad is Kabad means bag, of course. Yes. And I how, knew that. I knew and that. How, and how Servo interpret that may be for Mariah herself. And, and speaking of interpret, we also have Lucky Beast. Lucky Beast is adorable, the, by the way. Lucky Beast is adorable. I would die for Lucky Beast. I would also die for Lucky Beast. I actually got almost really Yeah, Lucky Beast would die for you. Show. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> that, well that was said! <laughs> Lucky Beast, no. Oh my I was actually feeling emotional because I was... I, ex- was so I was feeling emotional because I was really, really tempted to very much sing... Uh, my heart will go on. Andrew! <laughs> oh, God. Please don't. Anyway, Lucky Beast is a park tour guide. All he responds to humans in, in emergencies responds to friends where a human is in danger, such as Kabar, which he's eaten by Cerulean. Uh, to so the point that the Lucky Beast we've come to know and love kind of sacrifices itself at the end just to save everybody. Or... And then it's ended up reincarnated as somewhat kind of a watch. No, he just gets alongside... an upgrade to a much more portable model. Damn it, Andrew. Yeah, watch. Anyway, playing these four. Mirai is played by Susie Young. Lucky Beast is played by Susie Young. Kabon is played by Susie Young. And Servo is played by Dang Chase. Combo Breaker! All are going to be Susie Young. Combo Breaker! God damn it. Susie Young, you've heard... This is actually her first anime role ever, but nowadays you can hear her as Langley in Pig Hide, Asher Lane, and Isa in the Galaxy Express 999 Eternal oh, Fantasy cool, movie. Yeah. Dai Chambers is no stranger to this podcast. She's Senko Fujiwara the most, most modern Oki, and Chisei Hattori in the Ancient Megas Bride, and Molly Blindup in Epa... <laughs> I can talk. And Ma... And Molly Blindup in Epithet Erase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Boy. a big girl in Epithet Erase. Uh, if you don't have a yeah. verb, I think, like, the those are, like, two weeks behind on uh, Jello's YouTube. It you is. Can, can I make a request? Yeah, it is. What is your request? Can I go last what? on this one? Please? Because reasons. You know what? Yes. Uh, no, your yeah. reasons. Perfect. Yes, you okay, next. so... First, I'll start with Danny Chambers as Serval, because I'm a big fan of Danny Chambers. She's done a lot of very interesting stuff, and oh my freaking god, she is the cutest goddamn thing in the world. She is a giant dorky kitty goober, and I love her, and I would protect her with my life, though she would probably protect me. She's adorable, all the little meow meow meows, the meowsings, all the li- Every time somebody tries, like, insulting her, she has some, like, little quip or something where she kind of whimpers, but it's like, but I could have done it or something like that. Just like she's just kind of whimpering and pouting. It's like I could have done it. It's cute. It's good. And it's just 
very great. Also, I love that part where it's like they're looking at the mountain and uh, Kaban's like, no, and she's just like, yeah! <laughs> Danny is so fucking funny and adorable and charming and great. And also, she actually made me feel really emotional at the end of the show because she genuinely thought she lost her friend. It and so it's really sad. sad. And it's like, oh my god, Danny, you're fucking killing me. Just pet the kitty. I would pet the kitty. I would pet the long kitty so much. Okay. No, it's for real though. Uh, Danny Chambers is fantastic as Serval. Genuinely, one of her standout comedic performances. But Susie Young, a relative unknown actress, a brand new face, not one, not two, but three different characters mm-hmm. in Kimono Friends, and she makes all of them sound different. Mirai sa- It's Susie's deep voice. She's got the deep voice where she is an older, sophisticated science lady that is presumably dead. Uh, Lucky Beast, that is a very strange robotic guide that's very stoic and talks kind of like this. I got it, fam. I got you, fam. <laughs> oh. Eat it. Oh, eat me. Eat. And it just makes that sound very... <laughs> Very convincing, and also Kaban is this very like quirky, like am- amnesiac little child girl, but doing the best she can and learning things along and stepping up to the plate. Kaban sa- is precious. I will protect her. I would protect her. And Susie, Susie, like all three of them sound different. If I didn't know they were all played by different actresses, I genuinely would not have known. This is legitimately impressive work. And this this is like her startup in anime? Holy shit. Good on you, Susie. You've definitely caught the attention of the Dub Talk podcast, my friend. Good job. I'm gonna take this water. (laughs) (laughs) I had to bite my tongue when Andrew said he was gonna pet the kitty. God damn it. He's flipping you off right now. I know he is. Uh, Turn the camera on, you coward. Um... No, uh, so I'll start with Danny. Danny has, I, I had openly complained in other years. I'm like, man, I would really want to see Danny play more comedic roles. And then 2019. Oh my happened. god, yeah. <laughs> Fi Fi, uh, Serval, uh, her role in Mix is a little bit more comedic. Yeah. Um, and very much epithet, to, epithet erased is epithet erased, which I haven't started to watch, but I will. Uh, I love Danny as Serval. She owns the role and makes it her own. She does an, a meowsing job hey. at it. Um, I love her noises. I love her little like squeaks and squeals and ah! and the bloopers and stuff. What's going on in this thread? <laughs> um, it. <laughs> I, I love. I love. By the way, I think one of the bloopers really did get in there because it's when it's like all of our Japari buns have disappeared. Who would have done that? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Like, She's one of my just, favorite reactions. She's Getting, she's just fat. Um, that's like one of my favorite reactions in any anime this year. Is just who could have done such a thing? And but man, let's talk about the 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 star of this, which is Susie Young, who is an actress I've never heard of, who plays three different characters who sound three distinctly as three different people. Mirai doesn't sound like Lucky Beast. Lucky Beast doesn't sound like Kaban, and Kaban doesn't sound like Mirai. Uh, you're lucky if you get a voice actor who can do that with one character. 
Um, there are a lot of actors this year that have to play two different sides of two different characters, but the fact of it is, is like, you have to hide that secret that's a very open secret. Like, it's very easy to figure out what Mirai is if you're, uh, come on, is if you're over the age of 12. Um, and not an animal. Uh, I, I absolutely love Susie Young. Uh, I, I cannot wait for her to, to do more things and be in more stuff because she was an absolute superstar in this and she's really caught our attention. Um, also, another funny blooper is her reaction to the ending of it. Oh my god. Oh, she's freaked out. <laughs> oh yeah. Where they didn't tell her it was coming and they just recorded her instant reaction. She screamed. And the other really great part of that blooper is you can just hear Marissa and Howard losing yes. back. Um, uh, Jamal. Tell us what's going on in this thread. <laughs> uh, where to start? That's a good question. I think I'm going to start with Daddy because the thing about Daddy is this. Because, oh, finally, I can get to say it. Because the thing about it is, I, I kind of, I said in the end of the episode, I was trying to say that I, I don't know if she was cast as Fight Fight because she was Servo or vice versa. Because they both sounded pretty cute, pretty charming. Both of them were like, yeah, I no, genuinely think point. it was unrelated. Although... I know it just happened to be coincidence, so keep Fi Fi away from Servo, cause her, <laughs> cause she'd probably chew on Oh ears. my gosh. Anyway. Anyway, Danny was a meowsing Servo, cause when I heard this that was getting announced, believe it or not, I, I could not think of anybody that could play Servo. Now that I hear Danny as Servo, I cannot imagine anybody else. Danny manages to play up the cuteness of Servo, the, the slight, the, Egg aspects of it, the playful nature of it, very well. It's like, it's just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yes, kiss. And speaking of which, Susie Young, Jesus Christ! Like, like Megan said, you'd be lucky if you could get one person to play one character, but three characters. And not only that, I found out during the commentary that she actually auditioned for those three characters. That's funny. So I, so I, I oh, guess yeah. it kind of fell into Marissa's. I guess it kind of fell into Marissa's hands. That she was just perfect because, like I said, Marissa does a lot of one one casting, and it's the same with Japanese one person playing three three these three okay, characters. Okay, it was the same actress for all three. Okay. Yes, uh, it it was very neat to watch, very distinct, very diverse. And if you have any doubts that it's the same person, please go watch the bloopers where you hear Susie Young break character at one point as Lucky Beast. You could definitely. I hear think it, is it voice. where she goes to the bathroom? Uh, no, no, it's when she's doing the uh, guide on the map and she just breaks oh, character yeah. all of a sudden because she because she has trouble pronouncing a certain bridge. Unan, Unan, Unan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Those have watched bloopers these are... bloopers enough to religiously remember them. If you think this is terrifying, I used to be able to quote the Princess Tutu ones oh from my memory. God. I can believe that. Thank, thank you. I knew I forgot something. Uh, because I also learned from Marissa that uh, <coughs> when they had to decide to name her combat, uh, she kind of quoted Princess Tutu because people were upset when, uh, you know, Ahiru became duck in the English dub. And she says that the whole point of that is it's supposed to sound ridiculous. It's kind of the same with Kanban because, you know, a lot of these friends kind of confuse as to what Kanban is. Same with Doug. A lot of people kind of confuse to what Duck is. And that's a Princess Tutu shout out for Hell you, Noah yeah. Clue. So, 
So I thought that was pretty Classics episode pending. Hell, oh my god, when does that happen? Pending. When we don't. Boys, boys, when ending. do we get on this shit? Because it's supposed to be the boys who are taking care of that That's one. too much anime, guys. You can, if you're on it, you can borrow my Princess Tutu set. I have it. But yeah. You can get yeah. Princess Tutu's Blu-ray for dirt cheap right now. Just go Anyways. fucking Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, I'm pretty much done here, so I pass the mic okay. on to you, Steph. Um, I'm gonna start with Danny Chambers, because Danny Chambers is always a delight. She's a meowsing. She's a, oh my god, she's a meowsing. She is just this hyperactive, like, hyperactive, like, spunky, very, very, like, very much, um, she's not frantic. She basically, like... Erratic? Yes, thank you. Sporadic is a bit more. That makes more sense to me. But um, it works because Serval is a cat. Danny basically channeled what a t- what a stereotypical cat would be or act like. So it would be like kind of energetic and spunky and everything. Like that. And like I gotta, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play with this and this and this. <coughs> and it's just so adorable and it's so cute and I love every second of it. Side note, I think when. Kimono Friends first came out on DVD because I follow Danny Chambers on Instagram. She had some Instagram stories where she was showing, I think it was either her cousin or her roommate. I think it was her roommate. It was her roommate. Kimono Friends just and tried to get reactions. It was the cutest and funniest shit ever and I loved it. Also unrelated, she made a serval ASMR video. (laughs) Oh, she did. She also didn't. She also make a uh, several reads memes. Probably, but I haven't seen that. Yeah, one. I think okay. so. All I can say is Danny is precious and needs to be protected. <laughs> I will pet the serval. I will pet the serval all day, every day. However, I am here for one thing only, and it actually turns into something personal, which is really weird and ironic to talk about. I am here for Susie Young, and I am here to talk about Kaban Mirai and Lucky Beast. Because, f- first of all, girl, holy shit. <laughs> like, like, like everybody else has been saying, like, to be able to play three different characters and give them three different distinct voices, that's a challenge. And especially with one character being a f- robot of all things. Like... You have to you have to make sure each voice is distinct, even with the act the after effects added on for Lucky Beast to make him sound more ro- robotic. And it Susie just nails every single part of it. She gives Cobb on her slight timid shyness, but also this quick witted um, this quick witted human who is capable of coming up who's very good at problem solving and coming up with these solutions to these different situations and issues going on. And then Mirai, Mirai is more the exposition dump than anything, which that's, which makes sense. Um, but that's also another completely different tone because that's more of a deeper, like a deeper tenor, like not tenor, alto sounding voice uh, for Susie. And it's a little lower in her register, which is fantastic. And then Lucky Beast, I will protect Lucky Beast. Lucky Beast is. I would die for Lucky Beast. Lucky Beast Beast is so adorable. And in the bloopers, Lucky Beast is is a sassy, sassy bitch. (laughs) And I love every second of it. Um, But here's why I actually volunteered to go with Kimono Friends. You mentioned mentioned something personal about this. Do you have any context you'd like to provide? So. I'm not going to give specifics, 
because I don't want to like put that much personal information out there. Of course, of course. Um, Susie, if on the off chance that you're listening to this, <laughs> hi, my name is Stephanie. We graduated together in the class of 2009 at LHS back in Maine. My name is Stephanie G. I won't give you my full name online, but if you have been to have the yearbook, hi. <laughs> um, yeah, this is very weird for me <laughs> because we went to high school together, of all things. The two worlds of anime colliding together in the world like a decade later. It's so Put your faith you in what you believe most believe. God damn it! Two worlds, Two worlds one, family. one family. Don't you touch trust me now. No, don't you trust me. No, let no. decide guide you to guide these lives we see. Stop fucking me. <laughs> God damn it. Kimono friends, a paradise untouched by man. I like how both Andrew and I know every word to that song. Fuck you both. But no, legit. Like when, where, and how hard. Legit. Here, um, this this is what's weird because I read it. I read the announcement and saw everything like that. But then in the same day, I looked on Facebook because we're still Facebook friends. And I saw it. I'm like, no, no. no. <laughs> and then I was like, Susie, Susie, yes? what? <laughs> I actually haven't been able to, I haven't talked to her since we graduated high school. It's very weird, but Susie, girl, I'm proud of you. Like, you are, you did amazing on this. And I really hope you get to do a lot more, for sure. Anyways, if you'd like to catch up, her Twitter is at LilacAnimeReview. <laughs> or she could just talk to me on Facebook, you dummy. We're still Facebook friends. Okay. You're Dumbass. But yeah, it was very weird and surreal to discover this. But yeah, I'm proud of you. This was absolutely amazing. And I really hope you keep going with this. Like, I didn't even know you wanted to do voice acting. Like, holy crap. But good for you. You were, you were on it. Like, this is probably one of my favorite performances. I won't lie. <laughs> because it's just so good like that. But uh, yeah, both, both Susie and Danny are fantastic. Like, I'm done. <laughs> story time over. Yeah, so that's the story time is over. We head to the amusement park mm. to reflect. So, speak of reflection, it's time for our final thoughts. Oh my god, it's so, forever. what do you guys think of the show overall? It took forever to get yes, here. Alright, but we're here, let's do it. Okay, final thoughts. This, Like you're the rabbit This friend. is not a show that I really would have ever probably picked up had it not been for the dub. I might have maybe checked it out at a con or something with people who really like Kimona Friends, but probably never would have watched this otherwise if there was not like some sort of dub or something interesting attached to it. Except maybe God could have convinced me. Anyways, I'm rambling right now. This is a true passion project through and through. You can tell the amount of love, the amount of time and effort that went into it. Sound Cadence and Discotheque put their heart, blood, and soul into this project. The amount of people they got on board with this, the show feels like 
it was a fun environment to work on and it feels like these people are having an enjoyable time being a part of this and they really took a chance on this too like it's a pretty interesting cast and crew they got people from all over people you've never heard of people who are going to make names for themselves people who have been in this industry for like 15 20 years you got everything in between under the sun it's really really something and like i'm glad that discotheque hell even crunchyroll gave soundcated studios the opportunity to work on this project and make it as special and wonderful as it was. Marissa Howard, Soundcadence, they did great. All I'm going to say is, on the off chance anybody from Crunchyroll is listening to this, I'm just going to say this right now. I, we've mentioned opinions of things in the past before, but I'm just going to say this right now. If you're looking for a company that... If you have some backlog titles that have just been sitting around that you think really deserve... To be on a home video release with a really well-made English dub, Soundcaded Studio, give them a call. This is our endorsement that, hey, look, whether it's a place further than the universe, laid back camp, planet with, or something else there, just give it to Marissa Lenti and Amber Amberly Connors at Soundcaded Studios. They'll do it justice. Just, just give it to them. Like, they'll make it happen. They'll, they'll sell it for you. They'll do the work. They'll put the time and effort. This is my endorsement. Crunchyroll gives out Cadence more of your shit. Kimono friends, uh, I had a good time. I hope we can become better friends in the future. Mm. Okay. Chef kiss. Chef kiss. Kisses. Chef kiss. Uh, I agree with Andrew. This is a show that I would not have watched uh, unless it had been dubbed, and it, uh, especially dubbed by a group of people that I admire. I... Uh, last year I gave Marissa Lenti my, my dubby for best writing, adaptive writing, because I think that she is a fantastic writer, and this showed me not only that, that she's also a fantastic director. Um, and I really, really can't wait to check out the thing that you're working on right now, Marissa! That I can't say, because we might do an episode on it down the line. Um, um, I think that this dub is a, a, a... perfect storm of an ensemble i think that there are some standout performances there are support performances that just perfectly blend in uh the way it needs to go uh i'm also going to double down on the sentiment that andrew has that hey crunchyroll uh clearly these people are good at what they do and they're also good at promoting it uh so let them do some of the stuff in your backlog that you guys just didn't do for some stupid reason uh this is our full endorsement of them and just saying that uh they're there, so why don't you just, you know, take the risk? It's not going to harm you any. Not like you're going to promote mm. it anyway. Anyway. Steph, go ahead. Overall, just top marks for Komodo Friends. <sighs> I never would have usually watched this show. In all honesty. I never would have. I got convinced because someone I knew in high school was in it, though. So here I am. Also, also, uh, $10 patron pledge definitely helped, too. Right, but I wouldn't have volunteered myself to be fair part of the enough, episode fair and enough, watch fair the enough. show, is what I'm saying. And I'm actually very happy that I did. Because this little, this odd thing that I kept hearing about for the past couple of years turned out to be such a fun time. Both because it's such such a charming and just very, very adorable kind of show um, that actually goes... 
that actually goes to places that you don't exactly expect, which is actually very interesting. Um, it is such a, such a strong, strong dub, both on the directing, the writing, the casting, the acting. It's just, holy mother of God. And the fact that Marissa and Howard, they were willing to take the risk and give three roles to one person who is just basically a complete unknown until, well, she's not anymore, obviously. Um, that's obviously a risk that they took, and I think it paid off in the end. Same thing with with casting, like, the majority of the characters in this series as either video game or voice actresses or act, or women who do or youtubers who do cover songs and things like that it's that variety and diversity and that risk taking that i think is just phenomenal and it actually like it shows very very strongly i also share the sentiment and this is my also endorsement because i think this is actually the first sound cadence thing i've ever gotten to talk about um yeah if i would say crunchyroll if you have some stuff sound cadence would be Good. Actually, I should probably maybe correct something now that I think about it. It might what? be Crunchyroll, Discotech, then Sound Cadence. So, Crunchyroll, go mm. to Discotech. Here's what, here's what I'll say. I'm going to rephrase everything. If anybody needs someone to dub something, I don't care who it is, which licensing company it is, Sound Cadence has got your back. Because they put in some fantastic work in general. Like, because I mean, we have Funimation with the Simuldevs, they move the recording studio, because Sound Cadence is doing one of them, actually. They're recording that, one of the ones for the Simuldevs. There's, for there's one, and there's a bunch of other stuff that Discotech's working exactly. on, too. And they do a lot of things with Rooster Teeth in general mm -hmm. as well. So, so if you have, if anybody has something. They got a good track record. They do. This is us vouching for them. Absolutely. And especially with Kimono Friends, because th since, since the show is kind of, has its cult its own little cult fan base and it's beloved by that fan base you can't screw it up they you can't screw it up they did not screw it up and it is fantastic and you should go watch it also i'd like to clarify that these promotions are not being paid ironically despite the fact that this is a patron paid episode Fibrous by <laughs> Marissa won our Patreon raffle. This is how our lives work. It was today. a fair and square, and if you do want to pay pay us for the promotion, That's Jamal's can we let job. Jamal let we'll Jamal do, do his, his job? job. I'm Komodo. I was saying I want I want I want Toki merch. That's all I'm saying. Shush, shush you. All right, I'm done. Go Jamal. Okay. So when Marissa said this, this was a love letter to Japanese performances. She was not kidding. I can actually see the amount of effort she had put into this to do what she had to do to corral all these people, get to help out with her, Howard, Amber, who pretty much gave her the show to work on because she knew she was such a fan at the time. It's, it's amazing how the product turned out. I mean, that's one thing I love about Soundcade is because a lot of the stuff I've listened to, not... Not pretty much not a bad thing from them or anything. Like, I, I'm I'm very glad we got to work with them. I mean, it feels like I mean, yes, this is a patron request from Marissa. It feels like she got us wrapped around her finger. I guess. C can you please get out of my back? It hurts. Anyway, everybody did a very solid job. They went above and beyond what was expected of this show. Of course, it wasn't something I was gonna I was gonna touch until Southgate just announced they had licensed them because Discotech wanted 
she said discotheque while the most definitive versions of their shows whenever they license them so between them discotheque and i guess crunchyroll they really put their best foot forward on this good job to everyone Heck all yeah. around you know it's a passion project for everyone even the people who didn't even, didn't even know about this because i know it's so good that it's actually been reverse important like i've seen the people I've in japan reverse too, import yeah. this yeah, no, like Japanese yeah. people fucking love that's, this. That's so cool. That's yes. so cool. That is so cool. And not only that, but it's also helped out with some conf- conservation stuff as well. Because I know yes. Big Cat Rescue yeah. has, been, has been involved in recently. Of course, Surf Animal Research and Education, all these good people, all these zookeepers, all these zoo volunteers, enthusiasts, biologists, so everybody did a very solid job. I love these cult-passionate communities that, like, do a genuine good like this, because, Megan, I know you've talked about how, like, a bunch of Token Ranbu fans have put a lot of money into preservation. Oh, yeah! we. Oh, yeah, the Japanese Token Ranbu Token Ranbu fan base who gets swords for sword. And, like... Um, Twice! But also just, like, the fact that Kimono Friends fans, like, literally are, like spreading the word about animal wildlife reservation conservation mm. that's so fucking cool absolutely yes as is emotional investment that is worth every moment of your time and if you see if you're interested in seeing the show yourself it can be found on crunchyroll in sub only you can watch with or without a subscription just know that without a subscription there'll be ads however the dub itself can only be found on blu-ray with the sub at right surf or wherever you purchase it is also the anime. on dvd now too so I d- oh yes right i purchased the blu-ray so good to know thank you okay for the exact record of what the fuck the token rambu fan base Uh-oh. did uh apparently this is the third time that this has happened um, wow. Uh, they have uh, helped lead their way to restoring multiple heritage items and sites, including the Lost Tonto Sword Blades Yagen Toshiro and Hotaru Maru, uh, and to restore the uh, Mikazuki Munechka Blade. But most notably, earlier this year, uh, as of March 28, 2019, mm-hmm. this is from ANN. Uh, an article by Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Loveridge. Token Mabu fans raise $328,000 USD to, restored a, to restore a sword. Most notably, they raised, uh, the campaign swiftly met its uh, $90,000 goal, uh, raising half the amount in just two hours. Oh my god. So legit? Wow. Legitimately, they raised $90,000 in about, um, Slipflip at about two hours and raised a total goal of $327,900. This was done mostly by the Japanese fans, and they restored the blade Ishikiri Maru, who is played by Justin Duncan. So, don't put all your energy into tearing each other down. Use that... Just be the token (laughs) Don't be the fan base that tears people down. Be the fan base that brings people together and reconstructs things. Like, that's... That's great. Restores history. And, like, the fact that Kimono Friends and is, is doing that, too. God bless. God bless. 
Yes, God bless. And speaking of raising awareness, if you're interested in seeing any of us and the stuff we get up to our line, Andrew, give me a countdown. Uh, three, two, one, go. Her name is Megan. She can be found on Twitter at Queen Era 2. She does shit posts and a lot of random stuff. She's pretty good people. You should get to know her at some point. Oh, thank you. He is, he is Andrew. He doesn't matter sometimes. He can be found on Twitter at MegaMan9000. He is also one of the co-hosts of podcast ORNA on his Real Resolutions website. Alongside his cohort, good buddy Jet. She is Steph, a.k.a. Lilac. She can be found on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review. That's R-E-V-U-E, like a show review, yeah, yeah. not an actual review. She also has a blog, the Life of Times Otaku. Is it what? Is it Blogspot or WordPress? WordPress. WordPress. Uh, she pretty much needs to get back to it at some point. You know, know, life is hectic. It just gets in the way. I need to, get past, me, this, I need to get past these next couple of weeks first, <laughs> for sure. As as for me, I'm a sister editor for this channel. I'm pretty much doing a lot at the moment. I can be found on my other channel, Jabstar One. I can be also be found on Twitter, Jabstar Five Two Nine. I have a blog that's collected dust. I do plan on eventually into solo podcasting at some point. As for the podcast itself, it can be found at the Dub Talk Podcast on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Tumblr. Unfortunately, Tumblr was taken to a farm up state, and we'll miss it very much. <laughs> for like its that. female presenting nipples. Yep. That Did I need thing. to know that? <laughs> we also have a Ko-Fi if you want to help the channel out at Dub Talk Podcast. We also have a Patreon where for $2 you can follow out what C-Store Simon Dub we cover, or for $10 you can decide what show we should cover next. Many will enter, one will win. And if you're just interested in giving, we also have a regular $5 tier. Speaking of which, in our $5 tier, we have my brother from another species, Crimson Kinder, Michelle Travis, and Nico Robin both, Yowie Heads. In our $10 tier, we have Carly Leistercow, Jacob Wilson, J2 aka Jared, Marco Bermudez, Weeby, and of course, our hostess was the mostest, Marissa Letty. Thank you for requesting this episode. Yeah, so, any words, final words before we sign off? Welcome to Yoko Soja Party Remember, kids, help control your pet population. Get your Spartan spayed or neutered today. How'd you know I had that in the script? Welcome to Andrew losing his nuts. No! So. So, for more of us here at Dub Talk, we wish you a good night. Otaku on, you keep it friendly. And I like my Good nuts, night. But I like my nuts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you like a roasted on open fire?